0: Welcome to Killgown's Pub. This is the podcast where I, comedian Joe Kilgown, sit down with people from all different walks of life. So far, mostly comedians. We have some drinks. We get a little nutty. We talk about what's going on in the world. And uh, it's just a good old time. So uh, grab yourself a couple drinks while you listen along. I'm trying to encourage people to drink while they listen. Uh, today's a very fun one. I got a very... Awesome comedian, a very awesome comedian. That's all I'm going to talk already. I'm already a few drinks in. Yeah. I'm going to give you some backstory. By the way, you almost said funny. <laughs> he yeah. And to awesome. Dude, I, well, <laughs> I, I, right now, I'll just tell everyone, we're recording i cut off your I cut your intro short. But we're recording yeah, in your backyard. Yep. It is a gorgeous night in the city of Chicago. One of the God. first
1: few good night. Uh, Easily early, the first. early, like, early. Nights, this, yeah. like,
0: the last night was pretty good, but yeah. this is by far the best night of the year after oh, a winter that lasted a decade. Yeah. And uh yes, yeah, so we got a little you can hear some wind chimes in the background, you get some air. I like it though there's um there's ambiance to it, as you mentioned yes. before we even started the podcast. But that voice you heard is Ed Towns. Ed Towns is a hilarious comedian, like myself, a Chicago native. I like Ed because he. Uh, I can tell he really gives a shit about comedy, and you're you're a purist in a non snobbish way. Yeah, because there's some comedians who're like a, they're comedian purists they are like I'm all it's about my, stand-up, and it's, it's my
1: a- art, man. No, I'm not like that. I know I'm doing glorified dick jokes at the end of the day, but but you, know, you also care. I, I care about you. It. You grind right. <laughs> so
0: hard. Me and you will leave. I'll I've driven you home from a show. The show I did earlier tonight which is where I'm coming from. Yeah, but she had extra drink tickets, so that's why I'm already like a little, a little loose right now. All right? Yeah. And we've come from that show at the House of Blues in mm-hmm. downtown Chicago, James Allen Camp show, Comedy Cocktail, I believe the name of it is. Yeah. I always forget the name because no one ever says the name of it. They just call it House of Blues. Yeah. Anyhow, where I'm driving you home and you're like, actually, jump me off with this open mic. Yep. And, they're, and a lot of times I'm like, isn't that open mic terrible? And you're like, yeah, I want to go up though. Yeah. I like that though,
1: man. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's, man. That's I the just, way to be. The work to me is undeniable. That's the one, that's the one thing. Like, you can't control shit in this business. No, you can't. The work, though, you can.
0: This goes for everything in life. So, if you're listening and you're not a comedian, this apply this. I'm telling you, people who apply this to any industry, I've noticed I've met a lot of people who are very successful. Yeah. And actors are in business, uh, writers, comedians. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. some of them in the entertainment industry. But they all subscribe to the same line of thought. The thought is, focus on what you can control. Yeah. And I believe it, that's where you're going with that.
1: Exactly. And the only thing you can really control in this business is the work. And uh, it just I just had that work ethic click into me uh, maybe five, not five years ago. I would say maybe like four years ago, it really hit hard um, where I was just, I thought I was funny. Uh I wasn't getting You booked. thought
0: wrong, motherfucker. Yeah. No,
1: I wasn't no I'm not not every year you wanna look back and say what the fuck was I doing that year before. Yes, you know yeah, what I'm saying? So so I'm always thinking about that. But I thought I was funny, I wasn't getting booked as much as I thought I was. I should be. So I'm like, well, I'm just gonna do the work and shut the fuck up. And is do that, and then shit started falling one by one. Of course, not where I want to be at. Well, but, that's you know.
0: fine, though, because I, I feel like that's part of it. You're, you're always looking for the next thing. And sometimes it depresses me about it, being a comedian because I'm like, Dude. Well, will you ever get to that position where you could just sit back and go, right, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. I could ke- I could just be here. I could just be on this level and not worry about what the next thing is. But I feel like we're doomed into always thinking, i got to worry about the next thing. You know it's funny to me, how many comedians will want to get a spot like the show adam devine's house party mm-hmm. i remember so many comedians want to get on that the show doesn't exist anymore yeah and there are some comedians who only have that as a credit who are like all right i need something else now because no one even cares, no one cares about that it's half funny. hours
1: don't mean shit yeah there's you know? there's a
0: lot of stuff that doesn't mean shit um and we'll get into that i did want to get into i don't know how you are being a lifelong chicago when there is a day there's this mostly is for the, our friends listening in the midwest if you're in anywhere from you know st louis to minneapolis detroit indy whatever there is something about that first super nice day of the year oh my god oh i could have just flashbacks of walking out of my apartment walking out of my house putting my hands in the air going all right this is it there we go baby like just so excited you're right
1: technically this is number two because number one was last night and um jesus i host that the monday night room the drop uh and yeah they yeah people came to fuck out and it was a how many jean shorts did you see uh, it's, none. it's really okay. None. I saw a lot I was none. coming from downtown. The though. top the top drop game was tight. Yes. Like people know what Sun I'm talking dress about. game?
0: Yeah. Look, I'm a married man, but I will perv out when I'm driving <laughs> the car and I look at the it was nothing right, wrong. Right nothing wrong. But when that weather first turns and you see oh. the sundresses and the jean shorts, oh. I, there was a lot of jean shorts walking up and down to the downtown streets tonight. Yeah. You know what? That reminds me. I'm I got to, I got
1: to, I'm so lazy when it comes to booking. I got to, I got to hit up James so I can get another the House of Blue show <laughs> for that reason. Dude, the weather's getting man. nice.
0: Yes. Yes. Cause they come out yeah. man, and it's, uh, it's something to get excited about. It's one of those things where, you know, it's, not not just being a perv, obviously you appreciate beautiful women dressed beautifully, but it's like that signal to your brain that, yes, we're going to have a good three months of yes, this. of this. And that's why I think baseball was always my favorite sport, because right when March or late February, March, spring training comes, you know, comes a call and I'm like, good weather's on its way. Yeah, here it is. Baseball is the, is the, is the it, yeah, announcing of good weather, especially when you grow up in a city that has such hard winters, like Chicago. I don't care who you are, how many winters you've dealt with. Yeah. And I was gone the last the three winters.
1: with the cold. Like, I think most people have one or the other. I think Chicago's got to be the only place that has both. There's, you
0: know? a, there's a hilarious comedian who lives in Alaska now, Rudy Ascott. He was my roommate in Chicago. He was a Chicago comedian for a while. Such a funny dude. Great guy, great writer. He told me, and he's, in, he's back in Anchorage, Alaska now, and he grew up there, mm-hmm. that Chicago had harder winters than Anchorage, Alaska. Yeah. And, you know, and because of that, I, you know, you've got that weather app on your iPhone. You yeah. can add other cities. So I have Chicago, New York, L.A. And I was living in L.A., so of course I had that. But you know, I go to New York, so I wanted to know what's going on there. And then I'm like, all right, what other places am I going to throw up there? I throw up Anchorage. And there are so many times that like in early January I'll look, and it's 16 in Chicago, and in Anchorage it's 30. How is that even geographically possible? It's just a weird possible. thing with the way <laughs> just, the weather comes in and yeah. it comes down through Chicago and where you know it's flatland plains and then the lake effect and it's just a, it's a motherfucker. And I'll admit I've gotten completely weak. Someone's like, "Did LA make you soft?" Yes, it did. Yeah, because this no, no. winter, yeah. s- there's no way. Socked.
1: No, and you know what? I'll be honest with you, Joe. This winter wasn't that bad. I know it wasn't was, for me. It was, it was just long. It was just long. It was long. But, but you're right. Had, it wasn't that bad. We had like two bad days with like snow and cold, and that was
0: it. Oh, you're right. For the most part, it was, it was just long and tedious where I'm like, yeah. when is this just going to go away? Right. But we're not going to talk about weather, although that is some <laughs> shit that people bitch about well, when they walk the into deal. a bar.
2: Nah. <laughs> you
0: know, that's why I, I tell people, I'm like, I'm trying to, and I mention this in every podcast, and the people who've listened to every podcast are probably like, yeah, Joe, we get it. We know the podcast. But you got to prepare the new listeners every now and then. I try to make it where, you know, I'm greeting you at a bar. I just walked in, you're yeah. already drinking. Let's shoot the shit about some we're, stuff.
1: Yeah, which we, is exactly what we're doing. Yeah, you call it Kilgallen's Pub, uh, I I don't drink here much because, you know, comics shit, so I threw some Stellas in the freezer. You got
0: some good ones, and, and you got patty. I, I brought my patty Irish whiskey that you're a fan of already. Strongly
1: recommend, yes. It, I, I yes. always say you gotta that You got to tell me, not, some, is- not on the air, but you can tell me where you got that shit from. Well,
0: no, I could, t- I could tell you now. I was saying before we started that patty's... Was uh, Irish whiskey that you couldn't even get in America for a long time. Yeah. I think it was more of a distribution thing, not because of the strength of it, because I think it's just as strong as most whiskeys. I think it's like 80 proof, maybe 90 proof, I yeah. don't know. Uh, it doesn't say in the bottle, I was checking the other day. Fun story about Paddy Irish whiskey is that it was originally called something else, but the man who sold it, it was a guy like when it started in the like, 1800s, yeah. they would go door to door to sell whiskey, mm-hmm. you know? And he was such a good salesman that they renamed the whiskey after him. Wow, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, that's kind crushing that. It. Yeah, that <laughs> is. That
1: imagine this—you know, working for T-Mobile and you're selling the shadow phones, and all of a sudden it's changing name, right? Yeah, <laughs> you were, It's Bradley's, <laughs> Bradley Cellular.
0: Yeah, you were Just, dominating your era right mm-hmm. there. Uh, yeah, really. Yeah, serious so
1: shit. I got to get it. I'm gonna get a little more taste.
0: no, dude, have at it, man. I've had that bottle, and I got to give a shout out to Galway Bay Pub here in Chicago because he hooked me up with that Nolan Rafferty. Is that his name? Yeah, his last name's Rafferty. Mike, He's that. from Ireland. No, you can put the mic down there. I'm trying to remember what we were talking about before. We're talking about comedy, working your ass off, and stuff like that. And um,
1: uh, something about being undeniable. Uh, I'm a pretentious cunt. Some, some. No, yeah, there. no,
0: I, I am too. I am too. <laughs> I wanted to get into the Michelle Wolf thing. Yeah. So this happened. I still have
1: not watched the whole thing. I only seen. I've highlights. only
0: seen clips of it. So this happened at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Yeah, I think this kind of goes into this weird world we're living in right now, and with comedy plays into it. Michelle,
1: Michelle Wolf, God bless her for for one, because unlike every other White House Correspondents' Dinner, where it was like there wasn't, it wasn't really a a nation as I wouldn't say divided. We're not divided because I think communication is the key for everything. But a nation's so misunderstanding about one side over the other.
0: Yeah, misunderstood. Michelle,
1: yeah, Michelle Wolf went in there as the obvious villain in that situation. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Where, all right, every, everyone in that room, this is the motherfucker that, that we don't like. Yes. And vice versa. So God bless her for doing that because roast are fun until... Emotions are involved You know what I'm saying Yeah Like if you go to a roast Like that's why I don't understand When people are like Hey you want to do this roast I'm like I don't know this guy Like how can I Like how can I I don't know him like, I know Yeah that's what I wonder I'm going to come and be mean to a stranger Like you know what I'm saying
0: No the show Roast Battle That's on Comedy Central Is, a, is a, the, the live show in LA mm-hmm. Which is what the show's based off of Right it was a great show because right. a lot of people in the audience know the two people battling. Exactly, and it's like it's a very whole intimate. scene. And they get celebrity right. judges, so and they do a good enough job. Where if you don't know the person, they explains well. But as a TV show, I don't know if it's coming back for another season. I mean, I hope it is because I want every everything comedy related to do well. I Absolutely, lie, rising tide lifts all boats. And if it's my which, which is, the a, world great, this I'm is living a great, a
1: great era in comedy right now. I got I, everyone says it's oversaturated. I'm like, I, I don't think so.
0: I disagree with that. I, because you know what it is? It goes both ways. Let's talk about Michelle Wolf. I'll get to that about yeah, oversaturation. Sorry, I got the 80. No, dude, yeah. i bounce around like yeah. you wouldn't believe. So don't even worry about that at all. That's how this shit's going to work. I, uh, with Michelle Wolf's thing, so those of you who have been living under a rock, if you're listening to this, this is Wednesday for you now, because we Well, so YouTube much shit happened it. in the last 24 hours. Like, every, I, don't blame, I don't blame people for missing it. Yeah, it's yeah, like, right. I
1: was like, what the fuck is going on? But
0: you're right. Like, we're not really, I don't, I mean, yeah, we're divided, but we're not divided. We've been more divided. We're divided in the Bush years. We're divided in the Obama years. Yes, we're still divided in the Trump years. Since the dawning of the internet and 24-hour news networks, there is money and division, and we now treat politics like it's sports. Everything to me comes off as Yankees, Red Sox, where I'm on this team, you're on that team, and no matter what, I'm going to stick up for my side, no matter what. That's what's portrayed,
1: yes. But I really feel like most of this country is in the gray area. I would agree with that. Like I don't know what's going on
0: but there's no money in the gray but area so that area exactly, is quiet i feel like right? exactly the quiet. we even see it on like a celebrity front right now so like kanye west is famously kind of going this weird direction where he's, yes. he's always been friends with trump that's fine and all that and he's always been kind of like a free thinker but now he's going it's almost like uh yeah what the fuck i'll mention him i could i, st- I still consider him a friend comedian Owen benjamin who I, i've known for a long time right uh, a guy who right, was, which very, I didn't
1: really get the whole Owen Benjamin story. So if you don't know Owen Benjamin, I, I do. I do know of him. Uh, tall ta- guy plays piano. Yeah,
0: tall guy plays piano. Had, He's a kid, good guy, amount of success. It, yeah. Yes, family dude had a lot of uh, st- still respect for the way he left LA for family reasons. I similar wanted to come back. I guess the difference is I was coming back to Chicago, which is still like a major yeah. hub of comedy. <laughs> yeah. He went don't into pat the, yourself on the back. He that went to the show. middle of nowhere yeah, in right. New York. But, I, but he was still doing the road. And, st- and I, under, mm-hmm. I understood where he was coming from with you know, putting family first and wanting to wrestle for his family, but also saying, I could still do this and I don't need the industry. I don't need LA. Which is beautiful. Know? Which is great. That's to
1: me, like, but, when people talk about making it, I think about that.
0: I think about that too because my fantasy about, is, I, 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 I want to have f- like guys I really respect are guys like Cole Cabana and wrestling. Yeah because... Yeah, didn't need WWE. No. He has his own yeah, coat He had a following. cup of coffee in the WWE. Should have been yeah. there longer. Should be there right now. He should be there right now. Honestly, he's yeah. amazing. He's a great wrestler. Dude, you know great what? on the mic. But he's also an amazing person. And he hustled Andy's And he's cool as shit. You know, we're talking about grinding it out and, and, yeah. f- and worrying about what you can control. That's a dude who did that and, and makes a f- an awesome living doing what he loves I, dude, on his I, terms. I,
1: I googled this the other day, and I don't know if Colt is uh private about this shit, but I think his net worth was more worth more than CM Punk's. Really? Yes. And I'm yeah, like, is that he, right? I'm I, like, I don't uh, know. It's he A
0: lot off of merch, and, yeah. and so, who knows? Maybe. I guess. Possibly. I think it's more. I, I'm not even thinking about the money aspect, which I know he's got a very comfortable living. Yeah. I've been to his condo. He's got the best toilet I've ever been on. <laughs> no work. I'm not kidding. He has a bidet. It's heated with a bidet.
1: We were, a bidet. Have, you, have you ever?
0: Have you ever? I was joking when I said Fuck all this heated. other stuff, man. I was joking. And I, I it was, was really. We're, heated? We were going to talk more, like you know. <laughs> Some philosophical entertainment <laughs> shit. But, but if you're no, listening right that. now, man, I, I am glad you brought this up. Because I still a warm shit on I a warm need, toilet? That's my Father's Day gift. And I know <laughs> I got to look how expensive it is. Kevin Bozeman's a comedian was talking about how it's not that expensive on Hannibal Burris' podcast, I think, and I remember hearing a clip of that. Mm-hmm. Colt has the best toy I've ever sat on. It is heated. It's got like a whole remote control thing. And when I sat down, I was like, well, i got to play with this a little bit. And I never <laughs> I never had a bidet before, and I didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. And I just hit a button, and all of a sudden, the water shot right up into my asshole. And uh, it's, it was pretty good. Yeah, like um, yeah. I'm not going to say I questioned my sexuality, but I also was like, hey, you know what? to Those who yeah, are into I, butt play more power to you. Exactly, I, I, I get it a little oh, bit. Numb, I, still, I still think uh, I still I don't like butt stuff. I'm not just not my cup of tea. I'm you, not knocking people who do like it. But you, you know how you know, everyone's looking ass. Now I feel like I, I, I hear about people eating butt constantly now. Yeah,
2: yes, yeah, that's the that, thing. thing. Not most people
0: do that. Not, um, a, a day, dude, you're not living, man. You got to get some water up in that in uh, that wiping world. Well, I question... My ball was never cleaner. I question people that don't even have wet wipes. You got to have some wet wipes, Yeah, at
1: least. You know what I'm saying? There's no way you do a clean shit without a couple wet
0: wipes, you know? You know, I was not always on the wet wipe front, but I've snuck a couple out of my son's because I got a baby boy at home, so I've taken a few of his. Yeah. Especially on a dirty dump. Yeah. On a dirty dump, if you're just going with dry toilet, it makes no sense. No sense. sense. No sense. Like, if if you... you Say we're, we're... playing some football at the park mm-hmm. and you make a diving catch and you're wearing shorts and you you, you knee you scrape dog shit mm-hmm. and so you got you got a knee full of dog poop what are you
1: gonna do take a towel and just wipe it off no you're yeah. gonna
0: throw some liquid on there exactly. right you're gonna get some exactly. water dry toilet paper and the best thing the laugh factory
1: ever did they stopped doing it but i remember maybe like two years ago i always go up to the upstairs bathroom oh that
0: was the best shitting bathroom yeah
1: yes absolutely and there would be a little packet of wet wipes there yeah. Yes. They didn't have that for yeah, a long time. Yes, no, it was it was only for like a course of six months, maybe two years ago.
0: Whoever made that executive decision deserves a raise.
1: Deserves a raise. And and they probably got fired because I haven't seen it since but, oh, yeah. just
0: for a minute they had it, huh? Yep. Just you for a minute. It's so? not
1: there no more, but it, 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 was, it was for a minute. It was a little small packet of wet wipes. There you go. Because they know, and it was smart, because they know comics, we don't, we don't take a shit in the regular bathroom.
0: No, you no. can't. Because you can't make eye contact with people you're trying to entertain. And, and then you go
1: up <laughs> I had this once. This is a funny
0: story, too. I had it once where, here, i got to go back even further with the story. I want to say this was like 2012. I was doing the podcast I used to do called Naked Sports Live with Megan Gailey, right? And I didn't know I had bad shoes. I had a pair of white Skechers that I just I got because oh, yeah. they were comfortable, and I didn't think Skechers were known as this with, old man. In all honesty, brand. your
1: whiteness, you you get a pass for that shit. I didn't, I just you didn't
0: know. know, and I thought like, oh, these are good, they're comfortable. I, I I was at an age, even though in 2012 I still wasn't even that old. What was that? Was it four years ago, so it would have been 27, 28, yeah. and. I had, uh, Megan and, and our guest was Drew Freeze, and Drew Freeze said my shoes were the shoes an autistic janitor would wear. <laughs> 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 talking about radio? <laughs> yeah, basically they were that bad. Then I remember going, what, you, I, Megan was always giving me shit for my shoes, but she always gave me shit for every one of my fashion choices. Although I think I've really stepped on my game now. I, at that, looking back, I'll admit, yeah, I was just a jeans and t-shirt yeah. guy. Now I think, uh, I was rocking a park all winter, which is always cool. Yeah. So I, I definitely have, have turned the corner when it comes to, uh, my fashion game. So anyway, though, I didn't realize it was so bad. I always heard it from her. And my wife just, you know, she wasn't my wife at the time yet, but she just didn't care. She's not like one of those people that's like, she dresses well herself, but yeah. she was just like, yeah, that's Joe. He wears Cubs shirts and jeans. I'm not, I don't right. care what his shoes By way, at the way, like.
1: at one point in this fucking uh, podcast, yeah. I'm going to reverse the interview on you because you're one of the few comics that has a successful marriage. And I really kind of want to dig on that. Dude, yeah,
0: for sure, man. We'll get into that. I'll, yeah. I'll open some eyes. I'd love to, I'd love to have some. That's, that to me By is the way,
1: more fascinating than anything.
0: Thank you for being someone who cares about my life because I've had several guests on here who never asked me follow. Oh questions. no, no, no! Here's the thing: no, no, no. we're all narcissistic Trust me, This is all
1: selfish reasons because I was engaged when I started comedy, and I think like I, I, I look back now, I was like, "There's no way I was going to be able to work that shit out." Okay, granted, granted, we didn't break up because of comedy; It wasn't that? But no, but but I it, look it, back. It's hard. I look back. I'm like, "How the fuck is this even possible?" So that's why I have questions. It's still selfish reasons. Don't get me wrong. I, I still don't give a shit about your life. It's more about what i could do
0: for myself <laughs> what can i take from that and apply it to my all right no hey i respect that too so my shoes i didn't know they were, <laughs> the shoes. i didn't know how bad they truly were because you know nicole my wife was always such a sweetheart with anything like that she's not gonna be mean to me in my face mm-hmm. but it's funny i bring her into this because i had a friend um a hockey player for the blackhawks uh dave Bolin. uh Dave's a dude I haven't seen in a long time, unfortunately. But you know, when he was playing for the Hawks, we, we kept in touch and stuff. We'll still like you know like each other's uh, Instagrams and tweets every now and then. But yeah. you know, I got to go up to Toronto and hang out with those dudes because those Canadians are fun, man. And he's a good dude. But anyhow, <laughs> I was uh, his um, wife at the time uh, was always very fashionable, and Dave seemed to dress well, which I think was kind of heavily her influence. Maybe it was kind of his, his own. He was one of those dudes that would wear like a winter hat even in the summer, but pulled it off. Yeah. I give him yeah. credit. He made it look cool. There were yeah. times where I remember glancing. Who's at him that? At him. Who was that Spanish so he, singer? He pulls it off. Uh, Enrique Ballet Iglesias. Mo- yeah, yeah. He always had. He would had... have that too, that knit cap in like, yeah. July where you're like, dude, aren't you wearing a head hat? But you look at it, you're like, no, he's not. shit, Never that no. looks kind of cool, man. Can't, yeah. even, can't knock it. Can't fault you. So I asked her, and I was like, hey, look, I'm curious. You seem to know fashion. My shoe, and before I could finish the word shoe, she's like, "Awful, they're, they're awful. These are the, they're the worst shoes." Like, she she then said, "I don't know how Nicole fucks you, because of those shoes you wear." And I'm like, "What? I take I the shoes off. I don't I don't wear these shoes when we bang. What are you what are you on about? Like, come mm. on." And she's like, "But still, I couldn't even." And she was trying to be like, "Look, you're a good looking guy. You're in good shape." You, you, come on, what are you doing? You should be dressed to the nines. You, you, and all that. I'm like, all right, Yeah, you up. know
1: what? Yeah. I'll, I, yeah. I will see that. Like, I, you know, I, that does piss me off to a little bit. Like when like a dude, like hot dudes don't give a fuck about their appearance a little bit.
0: Sometimes this will makes them hot because they don't give a fuck. Yeah, sometimes. It's like, right? it's like, like that on, aura of I don't care. I can, Complete the thing. I got this a five-day like shadow a... and I can still uh, have some fun out there. But mm-hmm. I'm bringing this back to taking the shit. Here's why. Because mm-hmm. that hearing her t- decided, I'm like, all right, Megan, yeah. But Megan and I are, 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 are friends where we just give each other shit. So her influence to make me get new shoes was a little bit there, but not enough where I'm like, I got to I got to run to Foot Locker right now. you right. know. But hearing my friend Julia tell me about it, I was like, all right. Julia is a great dresser, beautiful girl. I'm gonna listen to her more than not that Megan's. Eh, that sounded bad, but you know what I'm saying. Like but people shit but on certain people. All people time. Yeah, well, Dude, you know, you like that your trench friends. coat I got. Oh, you get shit for that. I'm like the only guy who likes that coat. Yeah, and normal people, normal people that
1: had two parents that gave <laughs> them hugs every night, they <laughs> like that trench coat. Fucked up comics
0: don't shit on it. You know, there are just things that comics. Where sometimes I always think to myself, I, I know I belong in this world. I belong on that stage. Sometimes when I hang out with them, I'm like, I am just not is jaded and then people think of me though as this psycho because i have such a bad temper oh
1: your temper is ridiculous it's
0: ridiculous but <laughs> I, I sometimes <laughs> i hear these comics where i'm <laughs> like all they want to do is just wake up in the morning and shit on people who aren't like them and i yeah. think their gripe is just this high school shit they never got over but let me let me tie the story together with the taking the shit thing because yeah this we're gonna get there eventually right? <laughs> so i decided i'm gonna go out and buy some cool shoes you know what was really big at the time shoes like with different color you know like an off color so i had these solid blue nike cross trainers and okay. I bought them, and I remember showing up to hang out with her where, like in a bar, and I go, new shoes. And she's like, I saw them when I was walking in. I'm so proud of you. She loved them. She's like, those are good shoes. I like those shoes. They're hell cool yeah. as hell. So here's the thing, though. These were, br- these were blue. F- they were all blue. Nike. Yeah. They were cool. Don't get me wrong. I'm taking a shit in a bathroom before I have to go on stage. And it was the only bathroom at this bar downtown, I think, off of Division and Rush. I forget the name. I think it was Snuggery, I think. I think it was a Tony Valley show, actually. And it was a Sluggers? Uh, no, sluggers is that part of Bridgeville. Snuggery though, because no, there a was a, there's a
1: sluggers in division. Is and there a sluggers State down there Street. now? I
0: think so. Well, well just, no, bootleggers. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry. bootleggers. Yeah, it was yeah. next to elbow. Because really.
1: they used to do comedy there.
0: Okay. Anyway, though, it was uh, I. I was taking like oh, a dump where you're like, is this man sick? Yeah. You ever like you, it was a dump that you heard. You ever have that where you walk into a yeah. public bathroom and, like, and you can hear all, someone shitting? Yes. It's like, and you're thinking, how how tall is this person? Because why am I hearing <laughs> shit hit? and It's like they, violently are they, are hitting are the they water, hanging from on top of the. It almost thinks like, are they shitting in their hand and then throwing it violently into the toilet? Rob Gronkowski style, it's like, fucking spiking fuck that this shit. bathroom, you know? And I could hear it and then I could smell it. And it was just one of those dumps where I'm like, I'm gonna get out of there and peep, And and you don't want to. You finish shitting, but there are people washing their hands, and you're like, I don't make eye contact with these people yeah so you wait until the bathroom's clear right i don't understand that sometimes i'll be washing my hands and i hear that person taking the worst shit i've ever heard and they're like out. out. and i want to be like no go home go home don't even wash your hands go home and take a shower there's no way you don't need a shower after what you just accomplished in there if that's an accomplishment so i'm waiting till because i wanted to clear the room because i knew i have to go on stage i want to make small chat you know chit chat with someone small talk yeah You know, I waited, and then as I'm walking onto the stage, I was the headliner for the show, or closing it out, whatever. As I'm walking on the stage, I hear two people go, dude, blue shoes, that was the guy taking the shit. Oh. Because the shoes were so blue. Oh. And you can see blue shoes underneath the stall, and you don't forget that.
1: Can I tell you, Joe? Yeah, man. This is the reason why I eat dinner
0: at 3 p.m. So you don't have to shit during a show.
1: Exactly. I eat dinner, or I eat lunch at 3, dinner at 2 a.m.
0: That is dedication, right there. That is there.
1: that's what I plan every. I almost plan. My whole life is kind of around comedy. Maybe it's obsessive. I don't know. But it's like,
0: yeah, I take it. Like it's I, a lifestyle I, thing, man. Yeah, we, that's we what live it is. a weird lifestyle. And g- you know what, though, I've been very good about not having. I used to notoriously like my whole twenties of doing comedy, mm-hmm. even a little bit early thirties before my son was born. Yeah, I would definitely stop and get food. You know, coming home at one, two a.m., three a.m. from a show, yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm definitely going to get Taco Bell or or White Cat, whatever's open. I'm Which the at. worst
1: is if you're trying to eat healthy at all remotely. So I'm trying
0: to eat healthier because you just, yeah, I'm just trying. I want to live a long time. I got a son now, so I'm like, yeah. Be in I feel like you know, if you're if you feel better physically, it helps you mentally too. I definitely think there's a a connection there. Yeah. But the last couple nights, man, I had Taco Bell on. What was it Saturday night? What night was it? Thursday night. You know, that, last, last Thursday night. I up, so about a week burrito ago?
1: Should be illegal. I've
0: been getting the same thing from Taco Bell for twenty some odd years What's now. What you go to? I get four. I don't even. It's not even a meal. Sometimes it's a meal. I get four soft shell tacos and a coke. But it's a number eight. It's three tacos. That's a, a weird Coke. move for you to go taco. for a soft shell at Taco Bell. I love the soft shell at Taco Bell. Sometimes I get crunchy. Sometimes I feel, but it's always four tacos. I never, I actually messed with a burrito when I was on the road. I was in St. Louis and I was really hungry driving back and I didn't want to stop again because I was starving because yeah. I, was, I was leaving after the show on Saturday night or no, Sunday night. I and I was driving straight through. By the way, I got some people listening from St. Louis. I saw on the, I, I get the analytics where it tells oh, where People listening from. So, St. Louis. What comedy nice. club was that again? Funny Bone. I headlined the Funny Bone. Funny Bone. Bone. Oh, Thank whoa. you so much for listening to Joel Kill yeah, podcast. Man. Yeah, man, that's a good Love club. Love that shit. But, uh, yeah, so I, I had Taco Bell. Then, two nights ago, I got Italian beef. Uh, I've been, here's the thing, dude. You ever discover new food later in life that you didn't try when you were younger?
1: Uh, you know what? Not really. Because I was a super picky dude, growing up. I'm telling you this right now. I can tell you, Joe, and I'm going to be prejudiced as shit. Go
0: for it. A white people plan. You, you have
1: never had a he burrito before, have you? Heated burrito? What do you mean? <laughs> exactly. What is a he, he burrito. Mean?
0: Oh, he burrito. Yeah. What it is, is a
1: steak sandwich. It is... The bread, though, is um, fried plantain. And it's lettuce, cheese, tomato, uh, Get that tomato the fuck out of there right now! You can take it off; it don't, don't matter. That's not. that's not a, yeah, a okay. valuable thing to this. Okay, it's some kind of garlic sauce on top of it, uh, cheese and mayo. I think I said that twice, but Jesus Christ, man! I gotta, I gotta get you this. Place Where do card. you get them? Or is, a, or it like on. is it Yamas? Cuban. Is it, it um, no? It's Puerto Rican. Okay, a Hebrewo Yamas. Uh, free plug for this <laughs> fucking uh, podcast.
0: LS Chicago listeners, plug away.
1: Yeah, Hebrido Yamas is on Fordson and Kimball. Okay. And that is probably the best Hebrew I've had at that place. But any Hebrew you can get, get it. It's
0: fucking delicious. Okay, so like Logan Square?
1: Yeah, Logan Square. There's still, yeah, there's still a couple of them sitting
0: around. All right, all right. I, I will give it a go because, but I was going to say, I like that I was a picky eater growing up because now that I tried things now. I started trying things when I was in LA. I was going out to lunch. My buddy Mick Bancor was like, "Hey, let's do lunch," which I remember going, Ooh, "This is so Hollywood." And I was just out in LA for a few months, and we, yeah. we, you know, we wanted to talk shop and be like, "Hey, how are you Justin living here?" And yeah. he's like, "The greatest dude." So his offices were by by like Sushi Row, they call it in LA, like on Ventura Boulevard. Is that like a strip which strip like, like every twenty five yards is a new sushi place. There's just a ton of them yeah. out that way in Studio City. And I never had tried sushi in Chicago. Ever? Never? Never. Because I thought Dude, I, raw fish grows and I, no, lie, I didn't know, I didn't know about rolls. It. I didn't know. And there's great sushi places here, of course. Yeah. I, I feel like I feel like they're probably better in L.A., even though Chicago's way Chicago's way better food than L.A. They're overall, like the, yeah. Yes, but' the su- overall. But
1: they're, I think, it, it, I think it, L.A. got specific things covered.
0: Maybe in my brain I'm thinking the sushi must be better in L.A. because it's closer to Japan. <laughs> I mean, it might be a stupid way to uh, How about the oceans it. there, Joe? Uh, the, yeah, that's right. Fish comes right from there. That's a good you point. You put Japan in that shit? I put Japan thinking they probably called up some Japanese guys going, hey, come on over. Roll up some sushi. We'll we'll, we'll get you a house in the hills. You'll have a good time. Come on over, uh, random Japanese name I couldn't think of off the top of my head. So, I didn't want to be like a, I didn't want to be one of those guys that's like, Little Link Sushi, could, could you pick another place? I wanted to be easy because he's, he's helping me out. He was yeah. like kind of mentoring me. Not kind of, he did in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. That's not like the, what we set up the meeting. It wasn't like, hey, could you mentor me, which is weird. You just kind of have friendships no, so every time to help like, you out.
1: No, no, I get that. Anytime like a comic you respect hits you up to hang out, you're like, fuck it, let's do it. Oh, I'm yeah. Shit, and
0: you, you don't know. want to be difficult. So, I was like, I'll do it. I'll and do I, it. And, I was I don't even
1: him. need to talk shop. I can just hang with you, whatever. Oh, man. yeah.
0: He was one of those guys where we could talk about anything. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, um, but exactly. he has so much knowledge. You know, why it, wouldn't I pick his and, brand? You know, and
1: everything, and, you no, know, everything, everything could be a business move without e- you even knowing. Because sometimes you just hang out with a comic, and in their head, what happens is, at least for me, like if I hang out with a certain comic, and I'm like, this guy was chill as fuck. I get a gig. I get to bring a feature. Who's in my head? Exactly. I yeah. think I'm chilling in a car, two hours with this dude, without me trying to kick him. Off the road and yes, taking over. You know what I'm saying? So, that yeah.
0: That is very big. So, Mick uh, Mick got me into sushi and I love sushi now I'm obsessed with it. It was embarrassing because, well, I told him, I go, look, I'm not a sushi guy, but I didn't, want, I want to give it a try. So, you know, give me like the starter kit and the
1: starter kit of and sushi. And he had to try. He was like, California did, roll?
0: Yeah, totally. You definitely started uh, Yeah,
1: California roll, roll uh, so, uh, had, spicy like, tuna, sh-
0: shrimp tempura, yeah. spicy tuna. We went to all-you-could-eat place. And then uh, what I really love was that I couldn't do chopsticks. So well, of I said, fuck course it, I'm doing a do fork. Chopsticks. I just started eating with a fork, yeah, I didn't care. <laughs> but now I know off. how to do fork, it, I learned I'm now. Let you,
1: okay, you got chopsticks. I Look, know,
0: I got it down now, it makes I don't want to be ignorant sense. that long. I hate
1: when people eat sushi with a fork. Just use your fucking hands.
0: Yeah, it's a roll, you can pop it in. You, yeah, yeah, it's, you pop it's, it. It. it's kind because of good food. Because chopsticks, it is finger food. Yeah. You, sometimes there are some rolls it, where it's rolled so big I'm like... These dudes must have big mouths because how are you able to? I throw it in my mouth because when you pick something up with a chopstick, you don't cut it in half. No, and you don't just take a it in bite. There. You, you dump can't it take in. a bite of a sushi roll. You got to throw it all in. But my overall point that I was getting to was I I've been really digging on the fact that so many great pieces of food that I just was too much of a picky eater, too much of an idiot to be like, ew, that looks gross. I don't want to touch that. I'm now eating as an adult because I'm discovering your palate. Yes, I'm discovering gotcha. things for the first time that everyone else takes for granted now. Yes. What do you think well, about Jardinier? Jardinera? Yeah. Peppers? Yeah. Always loved them. So I I used to get Italian beefs. So I would get them plain, but dip. You know, Oof. dip that in as you soak it up a little bit, you know? Gotta go Jardinera's and sweet. It. Did not know. I'm going spicy now and love it. I've only just started it. I like Jardiner so much I'm putting it on pizza. Got a jar at home. I threw yeah. some red pepper flakes and some Jardiner on the pizza. It's Absolutely. like my world has been changing. Welcome those ulcers in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Bring That's not on. terminal. <laughs> no, you, I'll, you can fight that off. You know, you, you have a cheat day. And then you drink some water, I think, and then it evens out. Some water will just knock that out. Do you get ulcers from that spicy stuff? Is that what... Eating yeah. too much spicy food. Uh, Is he the hot sauce? I, I'm not too crazy with it, but yeah. you're right. You're right, man. You got to watch out for that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, shit, man. Uh, so anyway, we were talking about shoes, taking shits. That's why, you, that's why as a comedian, you definitely don't want to be in the bathroom where the public could shit in. Because you can't make eye contact right. with someone you're trying to entertain if they no, hear what you just no, did. No, because they
1: just... Dis- they stripped away the mystique of being a comic. Yes, it, which, is kinda which is kind of dumb. Which kind of it's kind of dumb to have because like, everyone shits, but they were like, "Oh, this guy took a huge." Well, there shit. are
0: little things. I don't mind being at a, a club where the comics are all hanging out at the bar, and everyone knows, "Oh, those are the comics." And then as you're walking up, they get a look at you for the first time. Yeah. I don't mind that. That's totally cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, so we were talking about the Michelle Wolf thing, though
1: a lot Dude, of that Amer- was like 40 minutes ago
0: it what was, was it? but no this is you know you bounce around and i'm cool with that yeah. people you know people were, were back on board i i just wanted to get this out on it this is what i i don't understand is that you can't be the tough side and also what you're saying is these correspondence news i feel like this one got so much press that a lot of americans don't get how they go for forever they get a comedian uh-huh. that every year they get a comedian you know, like I don't know if it was like Seth Myers last year, the year before it was like John Oliver, and then John Stewart's done it a bunch, and Trevor, you know, whoever Noah. Trevor Noah, I think, you know, um Peel did it one. There's always it whoever like kind of like not it, but like a big name comedian yeah, at the time whoever whoever, like, it Tina Fey's has done it, you know. Anyone who could tie in some political stuff. So Michelle Wolf is kinda hot right now. She had an HBO special is pretty well received, and she's got a Netflix show coming out too. Uh she was my over-
1: favorite comedians out right now.
0: Is she one of your favorite comedians out right now?
1: Michelle Wolf, My top five, and this is unbiased, two of them are women. Michelle Wolf and uh, Morgan Murphy.
0: I like Morgan Murphy a lot. Yeah. uh, One of my favorite names for a special, Irish Goodbye. Such a cool name for a special. Even if you're not Irish, it's a cool name for a special. Because it just means getting the fuck out of there without saying anything. Uh... Okay, I did have to pause it because I dropped something. But so with the Michelle Wolf thing, though, so she's your top five: Michelle Wolf, Morgan Murphy. Who's the other three before? See, I keep getting sidetracked, but it's all right, baby. All right, what, top, what do you got?
1: Top, all right, I've been so, saying
0: baby too much lately. I've been watching Seinfeld, George Costanza. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. Uh,
1: well, first off, call me baby. That is liberal as fuck. That is woke as
0: shit to call you baby. Yeah.
1: All right. Because now it's not demeaning to women. You called me baby. So.
0: Oh, I call. Oh yeah, dude. I, I'm not as I a black
1: man, by the way. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I've called many a man's sweetheart. It just. Yeah. Sometimes I, I get fixated on a word. I don't know why. It just gets in my brain, and I, I'll stick with it for a little bit, and then I drop that word and then I go on to another word, and you know, just little things. Yeah, I, I, I call people kid for a while. What's up, kid? And stuff like that. Yeah. And um
1: of course, I call like I call everyone nigga. I, d- I can't. I can't do. You that can't one. do that. I'm you know, there
0: I'm was good. a time there were white people were allowed to say it as long as they didn't use the R, ER, and then that time was short lived. Do you remember that? You know what? It, and I remember that because I, I went to a public grade school, so maybe just the kids in my grade school got away with it, because like the two black kids so. were busting, in, we're like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and and like, also numbers or, they got outmatched, yeah. Sure. So yeah, um, so top top five now, not all time. Now I will say Morgan Murphy. Uh, oh, yeah, now versus all times different. Yeah, yeah. Michelle Wolf. Uh, I got to go with. Attell blows me every time I see him. It's just
0: like. That's a good dude Jesus right there too, Christ. man. I, yeah. I I got to pick his brain. I did I did a show at the La- I got a couple shows at Laugh Factory Hollywood with him where he was in town and happened to be on him and and we I have comedian friends of mine who know him pretty well, so I was able to just say hey I'm good friends with so and so and so and so so and then he's like oh cool and then we start talking and That's he it. was just he was really cool and open and and, and even said hey I just sat and like he was a nice guy and he's prolific man that guy writes so much oh. and just we're talking about purist earlier that guy is he like a pure as a comic you I can get love standup. That. I love people who love stand up yeah. and I know if you're doing it as a career you do love it but it goes to sports in a way where I was always a big Cam Newton fan because he looks like he's enjoying himself I'm a big Javi bias fan now because I'm like this guy plays with joy mm-hmm. I like people where you could sense oh they love what they're doing I imagine we all do but we all have our ups and downs where we're like oh this, this sucks yeah, but yeah. then but then when you're up there, you know. Yeah, I like I like the people who you could tell like, oh yeah, that that is natural. That's their natural habitat. Exactly. That dude in a microphone, hell yeah. Yes. All right, so you got to tell you got Murphy, you got Wolf. Who are your other two? Uh, Burr. Said Burr Burr's got to be right. He's a he's Burr
1: a, and obviously Chappelle.
0: Yeah, rock, and Chappelle are mine.
1: Rock is in there. Rock is my favorite comedian of all time. I agree with you there. What did you think of Rock's last special? I loved it. It was his most personal special he's ever done. Well,
0: here's what I was going to say about that. I loved it when he started getting personal. His first 15 minutes, what what hurts a guy like Chappelle is before Twitter and before the constant in-your-face nature of social media... He was the guy that people were like, oh, I can't wait to hear his take on this. Uh-huh. The problem is when he was opening up with stuff that it was like, all right, well, that, you know, you filmed this four months ago, so now it's not as fresh. Right. And, and they were still funny. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But to me, that special didn't become special until he started talking about going through a divorce and, and all that personal stuff where you're like, holy shit, that was great. But where I like Chappelle's last two better than If you look what,
1: what Rock did in that special, that was very smart. Because what he did was rock shit. Rock, uh, look at all Rock specials. There's always... Let's talk about what's going on in the country, and let's get a little more personal.
0: I agree, but it just felt unfortunately in this. I almost wanted in this to, climate. Unfortunately, you yeah. know what? I'm surprised no one's done yet. I guess with the way, with the nature of Netflix, and how much money these dudes are getting, which I don't blame them for. Get that money, man. Yeah. We're so underpaid for so long that when you hit it, yeah, why wouldn't you get fifty million dollars? Yeah. Like, yeah, of course, dude. Yeah,
1: shows twenty. By the way, uh, inside baseball, like when you see us in Chicago doing comedy, we don't get money. As much as people think. You no, know, clubs paid
0: pay for. pretty decently in the weekends, is how, if we're doing the road, you get It's uh, nice, but yeah. yeah, you're right. Just uh, you come see us at a Tuesday night bar show with 25, 30 bucks? Yeah, I, 20, you know, and a,
1: a couple uh, free and drinks. And a couple
0: free drinks, and some shows you're just doing because, you know, you and I did a fun show on Sunday night. Yeah, called new player enters the game where we each did, four of us did stand up and then the four of us played a video game together and they happened to pick Mario Kart, which was a huge mistake on their end for, for you know me because I was at a way unfair advantage for everybody. Yeah, you
1: played every Monday, you jackass, and I destroyed
0: everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was almost like embarrassing. I almost was like, you
1: know what? It, I'm I'm insulted. I'll, I always said this. I'm insulted. You started
0: hot with Yoshi though, man. I was oh, worried. Yeah, when the green light hit, you took off.
1: Yeah, because I got the mechanics down, but I forgot that fucking thing had those moving cars, which I'm never good. Toad's
0: Turnpike was a tough is yeah. a tough one. Yes, totally. The computer will beat me every now and then. Toad's Turnpike. Whoever wins the first lap on Toad Turnpike wins the whole race. I've yeah. noticed it's a it's a weird one in that sense. So anyway, though, going back to uh, what Michelle Wolf did and what people don't realize about these uh, White House Correspondence dinners is they're not really picking on one side or the other. Look, I'm not going to lie. Most comedians are left leaning, strongly left leaning. Oh, most of them. Most entertainers in general are. It's just an which artist is, world where you you start off with a lot of these which artists start like, off with bad situations, you know what I mean? Like not too many successful made, comedians grew up rich. So that's really what it is. That's what
1: made Michelle's Wolf shit so impressive. Like I remember who was that actor, actress, actor I don't even know what the fuck to call him anymore. <laughs> um God damn it. Meryl Streep. Yeah. She was like at an award show and she was talking about what's wrong with Trump. And she was getting like a, a round of applause, and I got I cringed a little bit. I'm like,
0: yeah, of course. Is there anyone more Same. overrated than Meryl Streep? I'll say it right now. <laughs> look, She's a great. She looks. She is a very good actress and stuff. But I feel like as long as she does a movie, she's getting nominated. And I think she's at the point where she's like, I could phone this shit in and get nominated. Mm-hmm. That's where I think there's an overrated quality to her, and people love her to the point where they can never say anything bad about her. You get a you get a, you hit a certain level of fame. Where you could turn out dog shit and people are just, they love you. Uh, yeah. So, uh, But yeah, you're right. I remember that she did something at like an Oscars or Golden Globes or whatever. And, yeah. was going to and I was like,
1: I would love for you to do that speech in the middle of Kentucky. Yeah, Let's we'll oh, see how yeah. that goes. I you know. know cause take that, a, do a road gig and like you know, see how people are receptive to that idea.
0: Well, that's what I hate about a lot of people on Twitter because I'm like, you're saying an obvious thing and you're and you're not even I, there are comedians who aren't even putting a funny spin on certain stuff and I guess that's part of what they do and what well, fine all right maybe they're talking about a,
1: claptor, right may,
0: yeah Clapter. Where well, we're you're talking saying something that you know everyone who follows you agrees with it yeah so like you could go ahead like if someone makes a tweet that's just, I've seen really good comedians make a tweet that just says basically Donald Trump's a bad president and that's what they tweet and yeah. it's it 4,000 retweets or I'm coming up with stuff that I find to be very clever and I'm getting like a handful and yeah. it's like god damn it, I get it, they got more reach and so more love is getting shown but I'm like dude like you're a comedian, you can't just say something blank, you gotta at least put some sort of comedy into it, you can't just say what is the most obvious thing and I'm like but they get th- they get thousands of retweets so they're feeling good, Yeah, it is that in Instant what is it, dopamine rush or whatever? You get that thing in your brain yeah. and I get likes, so I'm gonna keep doing what the likes go. Right. And that's what we were talking about earlier when I brought up Owen Benjamin. Um, I don't know what's going on in his world or whatever. And which uh, I gotta hear what he said. Uh, he well, he's counting people have been on him about stuff like that. And but it's and look though, you I'm not gonna come up here, I'm not gonna say you can't be a right wing comedian. You can be, that's totally fine. But like I was saying, I made a tweet after the Michelle Wolf thing going, don't worry, the free speech warriors is going to have her back, which was a joke because I knew none of them would and none of them did. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they're all about free speech and say whatever you want. They could have easily said, hey, I respect her for saying what she wants. I disagree with her. Not one of them came to that because that's no. bad for their brand because they know their little minions or all their followers yeah. are going to reject them for saying that shit. And he kind of fits that, that world a little bit where you play to your you you know, you find your little base and like we were talking about earlier with division. If you're in the middle, what you what you said and I do agree with there are more Americans that are in that gray area and a lot of them don't vote as we see. Every election yeah. cycle we only get like maybe fifty percent actually show up to the polls. Yep. The other fifty percent is living their life and maybe they they definitely should be more politically active because well, these absolutely. choices affect everybody and all that shit. But it's um it's 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 one of those things where Oh, thank you. I didn't. Oh, oh. Yeah, well, I'll we I'll pick it up uh, in a second. I, I, I put something on the ground. We're drinking outside, so yeah. Uh, yeah, I wanted to pop another beer. Um, it's one of those things. Probably I got where it's too easy. Real, real it's, quick, see, I don't I like easy. Challenge beer. yourself. This is good, man, because I got. I want to throw back some of that whiskey too. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. Cool.
1: Speaking of which, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, go ahead, man. We can I, kill I, the bottle. I don't even care. Jesus Christ. All right. Don't don't challenge me, motherfucker. Don't,
0: yeah. Don't threaten you. <laughs> So yeah, I don't like easy. I don't like when people take the easy road with 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 anything they do because where's the fun in that?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But with Michelle Wolf, what um, I don't I don't know her stamp that well. I saw I caught some of her HBO special. It seemed pretty good to me. Um, she's a good writer, clearly. You know.
1: You know what? And um, this is why I can I tell you what the one joke where I really like Michelle Wolf. This is from her special, it's or from her, from the her HBO Center? special. Okay. Uh, or it was either HBO special or that laugh for hilarity or charity for hilarity. It was one or two. I can't remember where it was, but she was talking about the me too movement. And the joke she said was men don't know how to talk to women, which is stupid. And immediately that's like, you you automatically think, you know where she's going with this shit. Mm -hmm. Then the turn is all you have to do is be attractive. And I was just like, Jesus Christ! You know what I'm saying? That to me was like,
0: Oh yeah, dude! We see that shit all the time. Where it's like, oh, no one wants to admit that shit though. This guy was overly aggressive. I'm like, well, if he would look like Brad Pitt, you'd have and, loved and, it. Yeah, but
1: no yeah, one wants to say I mean, that shit.
0: No, but the they fact don't. that it came from a
1: woman saying that—that that moment of honesty and realism was what I kind of bought into her.
0: Yeah. Okay. You know? No, I, I definitely, definitely respect that. Yeah. How could you not? Uh, with the White House correspondent stuff Is that Every one of them That goes up there Throughout the history Of these dinners Attacks the press And they make fun Of the press mm-hmm. And everyone saw Oh she made fun Of Sarah, Suc- Sarah Suckerby Sarah, Sarah Huckerby S- Sarah Sanders Sarah Suckerby Sarah Suckerby Would be a better Suckerby name Suckerby Sucker Tash And they were like Oh she was mean to her But she didn't make fun Of her looks You're bullshit You're looking to be angry and they were trying to find something that made them upset. Did she trash Trump a little bit? Yeah, but she trashed... The The moral of that was... Tra- and they all trashed the president. They yeah. give Obama shit. You know what I mean? No, they no. all they, do that. They, they, they all trash him. Every them, one of them but trash But
1: the difference is is that she was clearly a left-wing person. And now the intent is a little different.
0: Yeah, I mean... and I'm and sure she is.
1: That's why I talk about roast. When you roast people you know comes off different versus those you don't good point good point point. and that's why she's that's why she's getting all this shit for because in this country you can't say anything bad about so if whatever. she was a
0: right winger like say Owen Benjamin i think that's why Owen him up Benjamin came on and, and did that and shit and he trash trump people would respect no it because it's like no oh it's problem. one of their own. Oh,
1: they they're just ribbing it's each other it's
0: like what we're saying you know with uh with like the like you you say the n word you're you know i i always whenever i meet whenever you hear uh, an ignorant guy uh, Danny Kell, who I've mentioned on this podcast, I got to get him on, but because mm-hmm. he has so many good jokes, where it's, he's he's a good frame of reference for this. He used to have a joke called cheeseburger tooth, and he, he equates it to the N word because, like, black people call each other that, and that's okay. Yeah. And there was always white people, like, why can't I say this? Because you're not part of that. You know yeah. what I mean? So he, he equates it to think about your group of friends. Everyone has a group of friends where it's like, hey, we can make fun of that dude. But if someone outside the group of friends makes fun of that dude, oh, there's trouble. Yeah. You don't get to call him that. You're not his buddy. Right. So he, has, he has a joke where it's like, we got this friend called Cheeseburger Tooth because he always he's a cheeseburger in his tooth. And one time, this dude who wasn't part of our group called him that, and we weren't fucking having it. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, it's, it's a and great that joke. That and it is.
1: And. In, and, and, and hindsight or whatever the fucking word is I don't know, I graduated barely but that's kind of like what Michelle Wolf went through she went into the belly of the beast she did her job And she's going to get blowback for it. But But, you don't get to
0: pretend like you're the tough side of an argument. You don't get to call everyone snowflakes for the last few years. And then when someone makes a couple jokes you don't like, be i I'm offended, and how dare she, and where's the class, and this. She's a fucking comedian who, like Dave Chappelle complimented her on, didn't pander once, and she made fun of the press. Her whole main thing was, even when she talked about Trump, she made fun of the press saying, you guys are in love with this guy. Yeah. You're you're obsessed with Trump. You don't want to admit it, but you are. Mm -hmm. He has done so much for you in the sense that you're selling books, and people are buying papers again because they you know you've made him this cult of personality thing and and that's where and and she basically shined a light on the press showed them hey this is how full of shit you are and called look Sarah B. Huckabee Sanders lies constantly and, some, and if you're a Republican thinking, you know, she does yes, she fucking does, dude. It's right. been a proven fact that she lies all the time. Right. Just admit that. You could, like, that's where I'm talking about earlier with its Yankees Red Sox, where I'm a Yankee fan, and no matter what they do, I'm going to root for them, which is a bad place to be for politics. It's great for sports. Have your teams yeah. back. There were years where the Chicago Cubs, the team I'm obsessed with, would make moves where I'm like, no, no, dude, Milton Bradley's going to be great this year. And oh, it's like, and Soriano. Yeah. You were celebrating
1: when we got that guy. Yeah, but. For, for years, uh, and this guy fucking. Twisting I was ankle. excited with
0: him because the year before he did have a great year before we signed him but even though we still paid him more than we should have we paid were so dumb money, dude. we gave him 136 million where apparently the next best offer was 90 and <laughs> it's like <laughs> why do we outbid ourselves that was stupid but there were years where the Cubs would make signings where I'm like no I think this is going to be a good signing where if yeah. I because I was thinking well, as a fan I was using my heart mm-hmm. which is fine that's what sports is for it's this escape and that's where like entertainment is in general but when it comes to politics where you're making major decisions you have to be honest enough to say no that's why i've gotten to the point where i consider myself more independent than democrat or republican anymore i
1: i, I swear to god i'm 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 right with you right because I'm, it's I'm gotten right to the point you. where i'm
0: like you I'm can't right just blindly you. follow people because that's your sheep then yeah and you have to be able to say like look i align myself with the democratic party in a lot of ways but in a lot of ways the democratic party sucks and they're full of oh, shit um, and both parties are corporate suck-ups yeah so yeah, that that part's aggravating. All right, so yeah, we I, I, I we gave Michelle Wolf her props and good for her. And if you're someone out there who's upset about it, you're full of shit and you're just you just like I said You wake up in the morning looking to jokes. be mad and that's what it is. What a com- what
1: is a comedian going to do to make a change? The only comedian that ever did something significant doing stand-up was Hannibal Burris. <laughs>
0: yeah, dude, dude. He shined the light on Cosby. And yeah, that, that, and,
1: and now look where we're at. That's the Cosby's only gone, That's the only time God. a joke has ever led to anything being done.
0: And the funny thing was it was filmed by someone where it, it's, that wasn't, Hannibal didn't know it was being filmed. Yeah. And Hannibal now has it where he doesn't want people to have their phones Right.
1: shows. Yeah. You know? No, I get that because I was like, I got mad. I remember when that shit first came out and I was, I got mad because I was like, I wanted to see where that joke was going Yeah. when it was well, done. He did
0: that in Philly. Yeah. People don't realize that. He was talking shit about Bill Cosby and Philly. That's, yeah. like, that's like exposing Bill Murray in Chicago. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, right. It's that's that. his hometown, Bill man. The weight is right there. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, Bill Murray actually has some domestic violence allegations under his belt. People yeah. don't even know yeah. that.
1: Everyone got some shit.
0: Yeah, It's, it's, it's one of those For things where part. it's almost like you wish you didn't know people as well. I kind of hated when, obviously what Louis C.K. did was, was real shitty. You know, you jerking off in front of people against their will—that's that's a bad move. I'm not, sti- I'm not yeah. going to have his back in that at all. But also, that's also
1: me. a little gray area. Uh, I'm probably going to ruin my comedy career because against their is also a little gray area. Because when the girls did say no, he did leave and say, "I'm sorry."
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, then everyone that said no, they actually...
1: The, 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 I heard a lot of no then stories. Then you get
0: into the whole thing where it's like he was using his power and all that, and that's another topic. But you're right; there yeah. is a gray area there for sure. Can't deny that. Is that when Louis got exposed? I remember seeing so many people making posts. Good. Never thought he was funny anyway. You're Fuck full
1: of shit. You. Same really? Thing? Kanye's going through Come the same on. shit right now. And Kanye is Only still a like great one artist. album. Really? No, you didn't, Bullshit. you piece of shit.
0: I'm not even that big in rap and hip hop, but like that guy is awesome. No,
1: yeah, he's, he's the dude. He's the dude. Come on.
0: Like, listen to freaking graduation and tell me he's not phenomenal at what he does.
1: All the shit. Everything. Kanye does not have a bad album
0: yeah but there's people. a lot of full shit liberals out there though because everyone started jumping on chance because chance tweeted and kind of like which is honest and real it was honest and real he said hey you not don't. all black people need to be democrats they don't that's all he said and and everyone's like, oh, "You fucking," and i'm like uh, god you're not even listening to him yeah and you're you're you're, you just you're trained state- like i said it's yankees red Sox. yeah you just saw a well, number pick you just saw up cleanup hitter sucks now i have to hate you it's stupid. that is The reason why chance was
1: not wrong. This is the reason why the right's winning right now. By the way, I agree agree. because the right wings, I think they are undeniably unified Mm -hmm. versus the left. Somewhat wrongly, though. Somewhat wrongly, but they still have a game plan. Talking about sports, they have a game plan and they stick to it. They
0: stick to their game plan.
1: While the the left is going through all kind of murky waters. When it comes to acceptance, the lot is
0: almost like the Cavs, where it's like, how many times are you going to redo your team? But as long as you got LeBron, you could still win the title. Maybe, maybe not, not going to, going not going to win. But you know, it's you're right. They stick to the game plan. They're very good at like, just, yeah, this is our issue. And we're going to stay on that, and you this know, no matter it. what, and we're going to tunnel no on that. Gray we're going and-
1: to because, like, to me, like, you know what's funny to me? And well,
0: liberals aren't even liberal anymore. It's kind of a full ship no, liberalism. it ain't. It ain't because liberal, free thought. Yeah, they and I, would be okay I'm, with I'm Kanye willing, thinking the way he thinks. I'm and they would okay be like, with you know,
1: that. Uh, hey, I'm going to take it one step further. If you're if really liberal, you would look at Rachel Dolezal and give her a second look and see, all right, what the fuck's going on right here, really?
0: Yeah, what was really that wrong with her? She pretended I to be have black. A, I get that I you don't a, want to a, lie. I have a bit about that right now. But she now. still fought for good things.
1: She did a lot of
0: good work. Right. She you did know? a lot of good work. And we talk about Bill Burr our favorite comedian, one of our favorites. Yeah. He summed up Lance Armstrong so well. Everyone started hating Lance Armstrong because they found yeah, out he was he on he roids. Raised money for but he still raised like hundred yeah. million dollars for Got cancer those bracelets. So you know, like yeah, he said all that shit. Yeah. So it's like you, you could have been a liar and done bad things. He was right. a liar and to good things, so right. like I'm fine with it. I'm totally fine with it.
1: Yeah, and but people don't want that shit. Like I, I, I tweeted the other day, I was like, people don't want resolution. They want to be right, and yes. that's the main yeah. problem with this country right now.
0: Yeah, it's a big problem with the left right now.
1: Don't want to. Oh, oh,
0: did you see this shit about there were the, there was a girl, which was funny because someone was like another typical white girl. I don't think she was white. She looked very Hispanic or even Lebanese to me. <laughs> yeah. But she wore like a traditional. I don't even know if it was traditional, but it was like a, a Chinese pattern dress for her. Prom. and a guy was calling it cultural appropriation and i think cultural appropriation is the one thing where look if your argument is culture for cultural appropriation is the using elvis presley a guy who straight up stole black music and put it out on his his and pretended it was his own and made yeah. money off of it that's Absolutely. fine i get that i yeah. totally understand that right but if you're saying a, 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 an 18 year old girl wearing uh a dress because she likes the pattern and the fashion of it. Yeah. And her prom is cultural appropriation. How
1: no, because fly?
0: No, yeah, and she was, and she even tweeted back on, "I respect the culture and I like the culture. That's why I wore the dress. I'm a fan of it, and I, didn't think, I thought I was honoring it." And someone even commented because there was all these people commenting like, "This is this," and fuck, you're right. fucking. Come on, that's a cult. You're gonna freak out about that to the guy who made the post. And, and one guy said, "I wish I knew his Twitter handle. I'll give him a little respect." But he said. It's not like she wore this dress to the grocery store, dude. It was to prom. Like, yeah. that's, that's a big deal. That's the biggest deal for a senior woman in high school's life. And the fact she and put
1: that on a pedestal, and to me, all it does is sh- shine a light on it. Dude, it was We're ju- supposed
0: to be a melting pot, right? Aren't we supposed to take every bit of culture and, and, and bring together? That's what America is. And, and when I hear more people bring it up, every time I, I see someone saying, like, that's cultural that's appropriation, I go, is it? First of all, and second of all, what's wrong with people celebrating other people's cultures, isn't that going to bring us together? And I feel like they want more separate. I, I I don't understand that. Like, I understand the whole idea of, like, oh, the Cleveland Indians logo is wildly racist. Absolutely. I get that. That is. Because it's a big, red-faced Indian. Nobody's that red all. So he's smiling. He looks drunk. I understand <laughs> yeah. that being offensive. I get that, you yeah.
1: know? And, and the problem is like people want to just carpet bomb everything. Yeah, they do. It's like, hey, well nothing's allowed it was like man bruno mars got in that shit and i'm like dude if you listen to bruno mars interviews he he talks about like yo i grew up listening to this music i found out the producers was jerry jam and terry lewis former prince musicians just saying that but these guys is the reason why i make my music it is there it's on the internet he gives props to who made him
0: yeah, he's inspi- he was inspired, inspired by
1: by these two black so people trying artists to say because
0: who, who people never heard of otherwise. Yes, good point.
1: Yeah, you know, so he he did a lot for them. Just him being this mega star and saying, no, look, these guys, Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis, they produce a bunch of these songs you guys never heard of,
0: but get on their shit. So let me ask you this: Why was Eminem never accused of cultural appropriation, but Iggy Azalea was? Um, was just because okay. people didn't like her? Because okay. Eminem's great. Is let me why? tell you right. Let me tell you why. Here's
1: my theory about it, which is very valid to me. Um, Eminem had a respect for the culture, while Iggy Azalea didn't. It kind of goes back to that whole Bruno Mars thing where he comes up and he's like, yo, these two guys are my man. Eminem was the same way. He knew the history. He knew Rakim. He knew all this shit. He played homage to these guys. Well, he, he grew
0: up. Two in in that world.
1: Yeah. You know? So, and that's when cultural appropriation... This is where the great...
0: He proved himself in in the underground. Exactly. He proved himself
1: in the underground. He proved himself... He wasn't a manufactured artist. Iggy Azalea is. But
0: who manufactured Iggy? T.I. Yeah. So that's why I think she thought... Because I remember seeing her in an interview, and she was just like, I don't get, like, this is what, I, I'm, I love hip-hop music, this is what speaks to me, mm-hmm. and the people around me encouraged me to go down this path, Right. so why would I not, and I understand her confusion, and right. I get what you're saying. But where, she said,
1: I, I, and this is stupid, because I really hate saying shit would have facts backed up with, but I swore she said some shit that I was like, oh, come on. You know what I'm saying, when it came uh, to hip-hop right, music. Right. You know I what I'm that. saying? And I don't know exactly what it was, but I remember reading something like that. Because I always, I always, quick to, and this goes back to the Owen Benjamin thing. I want to see exactly what he said that got him in so much shit. Because a lot of shit that's hate speech is not hate speech. You know, you know I'll,
0: I'll, I'll actually say there's a couple things that I didn't think was hate speech. One was there was some Hollywood executive on some show or whatever who was going to do hormonal treatment for their three-year-old. Because a three-year-old was a boy, but was saying, I'm a girl and his whole thing was that's a fucking kid who doesn't know any better for you to do I didn't know insane. myself till
1: 27 years old yeah
0: so I I actually you know what, I'm what? I, I might didn't... get in some trouble for this too because who knows who listens and who knows who gets offended by shit so easily these but, days but, but and,
1: I agree and, with uh, him no, real quick whoever's listening at 3 years old do you
0: know what the fuck you were
1: gonna no, do no at 3 life? years old I
0: thought I was a truck like yeah. you don't know what the <laughs> fuck you're doing you just like, can't let's take too early that, leap for that of shit. Eight,
1: at least until 16, 18 and then figure that shit out
0: alright yes you know
1: at least that me personally Honestly, i wouldn't do that myself because no, i know i, I would not find, I have a one-year-old i did not find now, myself he says
0: i'm a dolphin i'm not gonna be like well let's find out let's go you, ahead i like, install some, some scales i don't yeah. you know what i mean like a and this is not saying that you can't but, do that shit eventually
1: mammals. but <laughs> <laughs> figure yourself out go through some heartbreaks go through life and make some shit happen yeah
0: i, I, that, I don't think that that's not, I, I don't know his he might be anti-trans too i don't know but i didn't take that as an anti-trans view it wasn't. It's not, right? It and his other thing was not and his other stuff was a little more maybe shock value oriented. He said something about like, you know, the N-word rape that girl. Watch people will get more offended by that calling the saying the n word than by the actual crime itself.
1: That's more shock value.
0: That was shock value. Because
1: he didn't need to say that. He doesn't
0: need to say the n word. But he said he that said it, for the sake. Because then he's the trying to or, prove
1: a point yes. but it's very counterproductive.
0: Yeah, and I noticed this about there is a thing with some institutional racism, I guess, where I think the average person doesn't get it, maybe for environmental reasons, because if you if you're a white guy and you grew up in a white neighborhood, you don't really see things that way. But I've seen people where there'll be like a crime and they'll be like black guy typical. But then like I'm like watching the news and then the next news story will be a a, a white guy getting in the crime and they won't be like Typical, you know what I mean. Typical white guy, so, right? Uh-huh. They won't, they don't, they don't call it out when it's a white person doing it, but when it's a black person doing it, their almost brain is trained to be like, oh yeah, see, look at that, yeah. look at them doing this thing again. You can't, you know. But that's that's all media based shit. That's, yeah, that's like well, that's we see we that in sports, on. like right when I mentioned Cam Newton earlier. Whenever Cam Newton would celebrate, people would get it. People hated it. Yeah. And I think that comes back to like they're thinking oh, it's a flashy black man. But I'm like, okay, every time Aaron Rodgers scores a touchdown, he does that discount double check bullshit. Yeah. That doesn't bother you. Nothing. But when Cam Newton does the Superman thing, that bothers you. Yeah. That's of racism, yeah. there, You know what I mean, Richard yeah. Sherman. I remember at the time, uh, that talked, guy. He talked so much shit after he. But first of all, he, he got a call. called.
1: He got called a thug when he graduated he, from Stanford. He graduated or Graduated from like that? Stanford
0: at the top of his class. Graduated from yeah. high school's in the Vale, Victoria. He's a big. <laughs> he's <laughs> smarter just, than everyone who ever talked shit about. Yeah,
1: him. it is it, right? like it is like what? And he's a
0: great corner, and he made a play where people didn't know the backstory. Where Crabtree had been talking, talking shit, shit the whole week, week up until uh, that. He, one of the stories was that. Uh, Richard Sherman and Crabtree were at some celebrity golf outing in the off season together, and Sherman went up to him and went, "Hey, what's up?" And because uh, you know the same Forty Niners and, and Seahawks are a bit of a rivalry, yeah. and he'd even shake his hand, saying, "Hey, I'll, I'll see you in the season. Yeah, I'm coming for you." it was just like, all right, dick, we're fucking raising money for cancer. What are you doing right I now? I kind of respect that, You're being that, that guy? You respect I kind of respect that. <laughs> hey, man. You got, you got, you
1: got to be, be... I kind of I respect that. I mean, yeah, is that extreme? You
0: don't clock out when you're an NFL player, right? Exactly. No, you're right, on you're... the clock the whole time. Fair enough. But then again, if, you, if if Sherman deflects the pass that was going to you that would have taken your team, no, 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 you, get to do, exactly. you get to fucking dance. You get to dance, right? Exactly. And, and, and that's where I think the younger sports fans are going a better way. They're more into bad flips. They're more into like, yeah, let them have some fun and all that. But but there's still those older guys who just look oh, like you've been there. I'm like, you've never been there. So fuck you. Exactly. We it's have always the people no who've never been what is to
1: catch a touchdown in the NFL, or deflect a fucking fourth quarter pass. Every time you that,
0: score, you're like, cha-ching. Yeah. You're, 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 you're playing a kid's game for seven figures. You're going to have some fun. Yeah. You, you should, at least. If you're not. You're doing it wrong. Yeah, exactly. You're doing so, it wrong. And, and with Sherman, I remember at the time, there was a, a UFC fighter who's now in Bellator, who I met last Thursday at the Laugh Factory. i got to give a shout-out, oh, actually. i got to yeah, give a big shout-out. Man, shot. I, I, man I was
1: this. Thursday. What was I doing? I was, was I out in a road. I don't know, but I wanted to go to that show so bad. I so it.
0: it's a podcast called Phone Booth Fighting with Frank Mir, mm. former uh, two-time UFC champion, now fighting in Bellator.
1: Yeah, and Shel uh, Sutton.
0: Uh, Chael's like a he's not on everyone but he's on a lot of them right and uh, so I met Chael and uh, Richard Hunter's the co-host of it who's a comedian out of Vegas very funny dude great guy and they did a live podcast it was funny my friend Sam Tripoli an LA comedian who has got some great podcasts he's part of the Punch Drunk Sports Crew so if you're into sports definitely check him out he's also got a cool podcast called Tinfoil Hat which he gets into conspiracy theory stuff he's just I love that dude he's got a great workout very positive guy got a good outlook on life and um, and, and he's consistent so I always like people who are consistent across the board they don't just, you know, play to one side or another. If uh, if their side's wrong, they'll say, "No, you guys are wrong on this. Look, I'm agreeing with you on 80 of stuff, but you're full of shit here." So he's a good dude. He hit me up when I was in St. Louis about two weeks ago, saying, "Hey, these guys are looking for a venue in Chicago. Could you help them out?" And I was a fan, so oh, I'm like, shit. "Yeah, hell yeah, I'd love to try to help them out." And I hit up Laugh Factory right away. I actually thought of, of my room community, you should know, to me through our tools first, but then I'm like, oh, no, these guys, you know, Frank Mir's got three hundred thousand Twitter followers. I'm like, they need a bigger venue, and yeah. any, before they wanted to the Laugh Factory, what three hundred? Yeah, our tools would a mistake." Um, yeah. But they they didn't sell it out because they kind of you know, it was a week out. They really it was a mm-hmm. week of uh, pro, of uh, promotion. But they still had a great crowd and it was their crowd. Those dudes. They did a Q and A and they go we set up a mic right off to the side of the stage. So if you got any questions? Come on up. People ran to it and it was like a like the whole crowd got in line for the Q and A because those- they had Big John McCarthy who was like one of the most famous MMA referees, referees around. Yeah. And it was fun, man. And and, and I, I so much like I learned so much. And Chael could not have been a nicer dude. Such a cool guy! Dude, like after my set, came up to me, going, "Hey, it was hilarious!" And it was like, we were just punching to shit. I was, was dipping UFC some uh, tobacco in, too, I in, like in that. Wrestling
1: guys are the coolest people you ever meet.
0: Well, you know, Frank Mir is starting to get in a little bit of stand up, and he actually did like five minutes of stand. up Oh, he did. He was, yeah, yeah, and you oh, know what? Shit. I give him credit because he was he didn't. He played to like he was himself, so he told like some MMA stories. He told, he, he was self deprecating, which you wouldn't normally expect from a, uh, a heavyweight champion. Those days are usually yeah, like, I'm a beats tough guy, and, you know, the I most own.
1: manly as men, yeah.
0: Down. So, for him to like, and he his, he was funny, like, you know, he's, he hasn't been doing it long, yeah. but for say, take away his backstory of already being famous for being a, a, a world champion MMA fighter if he was a comic that I came across at an open mic like, that was a year in and doing that stuff, I would have been like, you're on the right path. You're you're right. going to keep it working. And he even talked about how like being a professional fighter and being a you know, being a professional comedian there is a tie in there where it's you the work you have to put into it leading up to something yeah and you know what i mean so i feel like that's why there was a respect there that's why i know a lot of comedians who hang out professional athletes and i kind of feel like we get this whole thing where it's like all right we've got this we thing know, we know we know what we've been through and you gotta like there's yeah. you got your ups and downs bef- yeah before you make it you know you, know? you gotta in eat the a lot of two o'clock shit. In the morning, no one
1: giving a fuck about you At all. On our end, doing an open mic at fucking 2 o'clock in the morning, five people in the audience, they're all drunk. Who gives a fuck? What's going on? Exactly.
0: And Chael is a guy who uh, was known as a big shit talker right around the same time as Richard Sherman's thing, Mm -hmm. about four or five years ago. And I remember going, like, I had friends who loved Chael, but then were shitting on Sherman. And I go, it's the same thing. And I go, I think you're just trained. And I don't even think they mean to, because there's a lot of stuff that people do. That they don't realize, you know?
1: It's kind of just...
0: And I kind of think that there's a right way to shine the light. Like you were saying earlier that people don't want... um, They want to be right instead of having like a solution. Yes. And I think that if we all learn to communicate better... People would be like, ah fuck, I didn't even realize that. You're right. Aaron yeah. Rodgers' celebration is just the same as Cam Newton's. And now that I know that, I could open my eyes up to some other stuff that I didn't quite realize. But instead we go, hey, you fucking piece of shit. Yeah. Why no. don't you think of this, you dumb fucking piece it's of shit? Check your privilege, whatever hey, the privilege yeah, you privilege? And yeah. then immediately people are like, Oh, hey, go fuck yourself. And then they double down on what they already thought. Yeah. And then they close their minds. Yes. And that's why I don't think yes. those and the people who come after them, they're not liberals. They're not. they, they wear the liberal flag, but they're fucking not because a real liberal wouldn't do
1: that. Real liberal will be like, hey, uh, excuse me, sir, what the fuck did you mean by that?
0: Yeah, and there's just like, I don't think they're real conservatives anymore, they're not real liberals anymore, and that's part mm-hmm. of the problems we have. But, I and I don't blame, I'm not, when I say Chael was a shit talker, I'm not talking shit about Chael, Chael for being a shit talker, I loved it, that's hype in a fight, that's why I'm a big McGregor fan, that's why Muhammad Ali was a star, that's why like, Floyd Mayweather, like, yeah. that's part of the fight game. You gotta sell it. And that's part of so much of professional sports. It. Yeah. Like you need these characters, otherwise it gets boring. You know it's what? Boring otherwise. No matter what
1: you do, like sports, comedy, whatever, it's still show business. It's still show business. You gotta you 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 gotta get these motherfuckers invested. Whether you're the villain, whether yes. they're watching you to, to fail or they're watching you to succeed, you still gotta be like, yo, I yes. don't get, you think Floyd gives a fuck people hate him?
0: No, he does not.
1: No, he, you know what he gives a fuck about? People buying that
0: pay-per-view to watch him lose. And he sells it. And that's why he said after the McGregor fight, he goes, I took, the, I picked the right dance partner because it was the first time in his career where he didn't have to sell it because yeah, McGregor he, was selling yeah, it. Yeah. So he was yeah, like, I he, like he, this, he, you know?
1: He, he did have to work. And yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, that was... You know,
0: there's rumors where he's even said I would like to get an MMA, but most people don't even buy it. I <sighs> The one rumor is that If Floyd Mayweather did do an MMA fight, he'd want to have certain rules changed for his fight, which, of course, people would disrespect. I think Floyd is just fucking with people and staying relevant. There's no way he actually wants to get into the octagon. You can't do that at 41, first of all. You can't just jump into it. Yeah, we've seen that happen. He's a good enough fighter where if if he dropped a weight class maybe went down to you know he normally fights like 155 145 if you i don't know if you could do 145 cuz 145 division in UFC is tough right now man you got oh guys God. like Max Holloway and Jose Aldo still in the picture and um you know, people forget how, right. how much of a beast Jose Aldo was yeah because he lost in 13 he, seconds McGregor. Yeah, like, but
1: the guy was a no, monster he was undefeated that up was until a one, he McGregor. that was the one rematch i got mad that never happened
0: yeah you know here's the thing about i I,
1: I, I, I even think fucking uh, not Floyd. It would God have been damn. a better fight the next McGregor. time around. I still like
0: McGregor's chances, of course. But
1: yeah, I think McGregor wanted that fight to happen.
0: He did, too. And then, of course... Because I don't know if you watched this shit, but afterwards... Yeah, afterwards, he said, we deserved a longer go. We, yeah, we won't yeah, do it yeah. again. He, yeah, he kind of said goes, something jo- on those
1: lines. He looked into oh, Jose. Jose Jose was like, yo... You, we're going to do this again, right?
0: There's a YouTube video of McGregor where it talks about him being way nicer guy than people give him credit for. And after each fight, he gives credit to people. He says, look, this guy, even after he fucked up Eddie Alvarez, he goes, look, Eddie's a gladiator. Eddie's a warrior. Yeah. But, well, like, look, here's the thing. But i got to be my honest assessment. shit beforehand. Assessment. Yeah. But at, he even says, and there was one fight where it was an interview he did in, like, london or maybe it was in ireland where they were showing video and he goes i don't want to watch that and they're like he goes i'm a fighter i know what it's like to be in there just to get he goes I, I he goes i respect and he even said i go i love anyone who even does this if you even do this i respect and i feel the same way about comedy that, anyone uh, who steps up on that See, stage anyone that, I, I anyone love that goes up I love and,
1: and yeah and and because that first time people don't understand that no first... and
0: I, there was a podcast two weeks ago you know and I, I people who listened two weeks ago last week it was amber james from the bachelor if you're a bachelor fan check that out even if you're not i think it's kind of some. Cool insight to reality tv but two weeks ago i had, I had mutual friends of ours tessa and um and jonah were on it and uh you know it got very heated yeah, and there was a couple times where a couple other comedians got brought up and i i've run into those people but i haven't brought i haven't said anything to them personally i don't want to be like i don't know if you heard but let me be clear because you know you're drinking everyone's yelling oh so yeah, 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 yeah i, I wanted to about. say because i talked about one comedian in particular where i said her set didn't go over for regular people because it was some inside shit. But I also said I respected her for doing it, and I get it, and I appreciated that, and, and I th- I do think she's funny, that- but for people to be like, that was amazing, I go, well, I can't say it's amazing when regular people were like, what the fuck is this? Right. And regular, And I knew people at that show. I wasn't even there that night, but I had a bunch of people at that show where they were like, yeah, I didn't really understand why because they come to our show enough where they're like, eh, it didn't really make sense. Yeah. And that's fine, but I still respect what you do. And there are a lot of comedians I like, but I'll be like that particular joke you do. I'm not a fan of. I think you're better than that, and that joke is kind of pandering, or you know, whatever. So, it's and and that's how I do feel about comedy, and that's how I think McGregor attacks his love of uh, people who are fighters in MMA. And you're right. After the Aldo fight, he said we deserve another go. But his next fight was supposed to be against uh, Dos Anjos, and then he pulled out, and then Nate Diaz stepped in with like two weeks to go. Uh, McGregor was fighting her too because McGregor doesn't back down, and Nate Diaz is a beast. I was not a fan of not. I wasn't like a hater, but I wasn't the biggest fan of his before, but I'm a fan of his now. Although, I'm losing a little respect because he hasn't fought since he lost to McGregor the second time, which was a a rematch that happened four months later. So McGregor lost, so he's like, I gotta get that rematch. So then that pushed the Aldo thing even further away. Then the Aldo thing, they have the money. And his also thing was... Aldo the, bigger, the bigger, McGregor, sell, yeah. the
1: bigger sell was McGregor getting the two titles.
0: Yes, so he that, went for that.
1: Yeah, so and you
0: only have so many fights in the fight game. Yeah, so you're not. And, and when, when you're not gonna waste your time
1: doing. Doing a, a rematch when you can make yeah. history. Yeah, you know what I'm exactly. saying. So that's I get it. I get why that fight never happened. And now I don't but that's know. That's the one fight I wanted to happen, but I, under, I completely understand why. You get why it, right? And yeah. I
0: know people give McGregor shit for not defending his titles, but there were bigger fights that were happening. Yeah. And also like he bigger won- paydays. So he, like, what are so, you going to do? So he didn't defend his 145 title. He beat Aldo in 13 seconds. Never got a chance to defend that. I think he wanted to go back and defend that. He wanted to go back and defend both. He wanted mm-hmm. once he got 155, he wanted to go back and forth. But then when you had the Floyd Mayweather fight on the horizon. You're going to turn down $100 million no. for boxing when you come from MMA, which yeah. even though you lose, it's still going to be the easiest loss of your life because it's just way less punishment on your body. Absolutely. Because you're only taking strikes with padded gloves. That right. was the best he's ever looked after a loss. He had like one little bump. Oh, yeah. He came and out really, with whiskey he afterwards. Didn't, yeah, dude. He didn't even like... People who don't know the sport were like, "Oh, he got his ass whipped." I'm like, "Dude, no, he did. It was the softest he ever got. He didn't even get knocked down no. because, look, no offense to Mayweather, he doesn't have knockout power. He hasn't knocked anyone out in a decade."
1: No, last and- last knockout he had was one of my favorites. I think it was uh. Ricky Haddon.
0: Yeah, it was Haddon,
1: yeah. And when he gave him that right hook and it, his head hit the turnbuckle and it fell over. It yeah, was like a cartoon-level knockout. It was.
0: Up. You could see the, the birdies spinning around his head. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously Mayweather's... I mean, he's he's up there in the greatest of all time conversation. I think He's he definitely he is. Is the best defensive fighter of all time. The Dude, way he this makes people miss. does not miss, get touched. He doesn't get touched. He doesn't get touched. You know? No, and obviously he had a strategy. He had a strategy against McGregor because people were like, oh, McGregor hit him more than Pacquiao. And I go, well, that was... That I'll admit, that was part of the strategy. And he even said, he goes, I wanted to tire him out. Yeah. And I know some people were like, it lasted 10 rounds because Mayweather let it last 10 rounds. I go, no, it lasted 10 rounds because that was when McGregor was tired enough for Mayweather to put him out. Yeah. Because Mac- M- McGregor takes way harder blows. You take kicks to the face. You take knees. You take so much more in MMA. And that's not like discrediting boxing as a sport. just a different, No, but, no, just but different. you take it's a sharp elbow you
1: know? versus a padded glove punch.
0: Oh, my God. That's man. a
1: different fucking animal
0: completely. So when people say, oh, he's a bitch for never defending the belts, I'm like, he w- look, look at the trajectory. From 2013 when he joined the UFC, up until the Eddie Alvarez fight, he was the most active fighter by far. Yeah. And people want to talk about Khabib right now. Khabib is a fucking animal, don't get me wrong. Khabib was Which inactive fighter for, two, see. for two full years. From 2015 to 2017, Khabib didn't fight once. I mean, there was a couple times he missed weight, and that's why, but he didn't fight one time in those two years. Holy shit. And, and people talk about, oh, well, I want DS3. I think McGregor's at the point where McGregor even says, "I respect people who fight." Because I remember after he beat Alvarez, people were like, "Would you fight this guy? Would you fight that guy?" And I think I think Khabib was mentioned after he beat Alvarez, and and McGregor's response was, "You need to fight. I'm not going to reward people who don't fight. You know what I mean? You, I'm the money that, fight right now. That's I'm not gonna, a problem. If you don't show up. I'm as, not going to fight you. Sorry. I've, I've had enough of people canceling last minute.
1: That's the problem I have. That's very. This is very great because like all this shit kind of ties into comedy. As a producer, uh, and if there's any comics listening. You kinda know why I never mention your name and bookings. That's a problem I have I know what you're with talking about. Producing a show. No, I'm talking about several people actually.
0: Yeah, I believe that.
1: So it's it's like I cannot respect I would rather take a chance on a comic who's kind of figuring themselves out. Yeah. That's out there working versus someone who's a scene darling. I gotcha. That gets booked, but they do not
0: work at this craft at all. I respect that completely and it's I just agree like 100%.
1: It's just like, well, you think you're that good? You think you're better than your comic you look up to? Because every, every podcast I listen to where all the comics look up to, they talk about doing comedy every
0: night. Yes. We talk about Hotel. We talk about Bill Billboard. Those guys will pop in at shows to work yes. out stuff and they, there'll be 12 people in the crowd and they'll still go they up don't and do that stage fuck. time because they, they know you gotta work fuck. it you gotta, you work, gotta it. work so uh, you know as much as a, as a big a fan as i've become of nate diaz because i respect the hell him as a fighter that dude is a beast and we talked about why so many comedians and athletes and and people in the entertainment industry tend to be more left-wing is because a lot of them grew up with nothing and they grew up rich so they can't really you know you know relate to the world of, of a lot of you know republican ideology right. uh Nate Diaz was a dude who got into jiu jitsu because it was a it was a meal there was yeah. a gym down the street they were poor as hell and they knew hey and they even said you come here and train with us every week we'll get you we'll give you a couple of burritos you know so there was like oh cool we we'll, we'll, that's at least Let's one meal it. a day we're taking care of, you know, we get at least one or two meals a day. As long as we're in that gym, they're going to feed us. So we got to get fed because that's how poor they were. You know what I mean? So I respect I the hear hell. Dude, yeah, man. I respect the hell out of the Diaz brothers for that right. reason. And and so, but the thing is, I know everyone, when, when after the Mayweather fight, people were like, well, McGregor's got to come back to MMA and he's got to do DS 3. And, and I think McGregor was kind of like, well, since me and Diaz last fought, yeah, I won, and even after after the fight, when they were both in the octagon, after his hand got raised, he goes, yeah, let's do it again, and let's go at 155, though, because I went up to 170 twice, let's come back down to my weight level. Yeah. Where McGregor's punches land hard because when the bigger you are, your punches McGregor's I'm knocked, going with not he doesn't have knockout
1: fatigue too. But I, I think like people don't understand. But you have more body knockout fight
0: power at one forty five, one fifty five than he did one seventy. You know? But, but I don't think
1: knockout power like you're not knocking out Nate Diaz. That guy's jaw is right, fucking. He is.
0: Made. He's got some scar tissue built around. That's why he gets cracked open. But, yeah. but he did, he, the thing is, this is when McGregor got smart in that second fight. He knocked yeah. him down three or four times where he and popped didn't. him and hit him on the butt. He didn't jump on. Him he, he didn't jump on him because that's Nate's strength. Yeah, that's where you got to be smart. That's that's what killed right. Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey, when she fought Holly Holmes, she was even on Fallon like the week before. And she said, I know what Holly's going to try to do. She's trying to kick me in the head and knock me out. Guess how Holly beat her? She kicked her in kicked the head. Because Ronda didn't stay to her style. She tried to adjust and be like, I could, I could win in this, one and that. She was sitting there you're trying lost. to stand up
1: and strike with you're, a you're, fucking are kickboxing, you a kickboxing champion. How dumb how are you dumb in, are that? Exactly,
0: how dumb, how dumb you was your that? corner? No, it's not, You're right, I can't yeah, even put it on team. her. It's a bad team. It was a it's bad like Hillary team. Clinton's stupid ass team.
1: Oh my god, her team you was know what I
0: mean, I didn't love Hillary, but like I look at that campaign and I tell I tell people who are obsessed with Hillary, I go, "Listen." Which is a ton obviously of I I did I, I definitely liked Hillary better than Trump and I'll, I'll admit that, but I Absolutely. definitely people who know me know I wasn't crazy about either of them at all. At no, all. it was not. No, the but moment I,
1: Bernie Sanders got caught Bosch out that shit, I was, I was like I
0: was the same way. Hillary, what the fuck?
1: All right. Well, here we go.
0: Hillary didn't visit Wisconsin once. She deserved to lose that state. Yeah. Anyone who worked on that. All campaign, those Rust
1: Belt shit. She didn't really yeah. give a fuck about. She didn't
0: give a fuck. She took him for granted. You take him for granted. You deserve to lose. Yeah. And that's how Rousey was. But McGregor decided, hey, this is my strength. I'm going to stand you up, and that's where I'm going to win. I'm not going to drop down to where you are, you know, because I know that's where you could get me because because Nate's a master down there. Yeah. So why fuck with that, right? But in in Connor's mind, he's like, since I fought you last. Three, no, three or four months after that, I took the 155 belt off of Eddie Alvarez, who everyone said was going to fuck me up because yeah. he's got the wrestling strength. And the last time I fought a wrestler was Chad Mendez, and Mendez did take me down a few times. Since then, McGregor's learned. I'm not saying he's become like a, a world class wrestler, not Dude, at all. McGregor, not, but McGregor learned how to defend the shoot. Yeah, and and Eddie tried to shoot him a little bit, and he, didn't, he couldn't defend it because he there was separation. McGregor's still good with spacing. He's yeah. so good at working the spacing inside the octagon, but in McGregor's mind, he goes, "Since I fought Nate last, I fought Eddie Alvarez and I fought Floyd Medweather, Where Nate, you haven't done shit. So I think in McGregor's mind, I'll give you that trilogy match because I know that's a moneymaker, and of course McGregor's about that. Yeah. But I'm, I need you need to fight someone else. And the rumor is now that Nate's going to fight like in August. They're just trying to figure out what opponent now. And I think then." McGregor will probably fight Khabib after all this legal shit gets taken care of, which he's going to lose some money on, and hopefully you I got I, money I, to lose. He can't get a felony if he gets a felony. That's going to be really bad, but I don't think it's going to go that no. crazy, you know, because rich people get away with stuff. That's really the privilege. That's, <laughs> that's fuck white privilege. The privilege is rich privilege, you know.
1: That's that's pretty much what it is, right? So I uh, look like at R. Kelly. He's still kidnapping bitches, right? You know what Chris I'm saying? Chris Brown still Chris quit, quit Brown hits still, out.
0: yeah. So uh, I think uh, Diaz will fight someone else. McGregor will fight Khabib, and then sometime in maybe 2019, late 2019, they'll do a, a the trilogy. Yeah, I think McGregor maybe maybe McGregor. I don't, think, I don't think it should probably be late,
1: be late 2019. Like
0: I'd like it to be earlier, but you got to realistically because, because Khabib has already said he's not going to fight anyone until uh, September at the earliest, October November because he's Muslim and he's taking Ramadan or whatever that yeah. fasting thing they do is. He's taking a good stretch off, which already is like I you know you do know, knock someone's religious views although like. Here's my thing, Khabib. You, you became the champion over beating nobody. I'm not knocking. Um, what's his name that he beat? Um, uh, that last
1: fight Quinta, he had. Uh, what's his name? I La, can't La, La, remember.
0: Uh, L uh, La Quinta. I'm thinking of the hotels. La Quinta. La Quinta Inn. He beat the <laughs> La Quinta La Quinta, and he, be, he beat Go the, the French. let you bring your dogs, right? And, <laughs> but he should have fought Tony. And obviously Tony got hurt. Ferguson, in right? Ferguson, yeah. yeah, Tony so Ferguson, Ferguson. Yeah, tore his me in this weird ass way, like he tripped over like a wire or something crazy. And oh, I thought it was in his camp. No, he's apparently they were filming a promo for some other thing that he was endorsing, I think. Oh, Jesus and he saw someone he what knew and was fuck? like, "Hey, what's up?" And walked over to him in one of those big cords that like connect the cameras. Have you ever been in a set? They got these massive like cords. Mm-hmm. It's not even a cord. It's like these big cables. They're cables, and he tripped over that and. and twisted his knee as he fell, Jesus. which is like, there was a baseball player, was it, was it Troy Tulowitzki maybe, who uh, cracked his collarbone carrying groceries up a flight of stairs. Like the weight of the groceries, he lost his balance and fell on a flight of stairs. <laughs> Just like what the fuck? I Everything mean, well, of course, Frank happens, uh, Thomas breaking player. a toe in a weird way. There's always something. Sammy Sosa sneezing and dislocating a back muscle, which should have been a steroid indicator right away. <laughs> well, I mean, I, although I, I popped a blood vessel in my eye sneezing real hard once. Um, yeah, did that, that doesn't, doesn't keep your me out. You no, told, yeah, jokes I would have still, I still <laughs> taken my, my hacks at the at the plate. You know. Uh, so with um, with Khabib though, is that he. He ne- he's never beaten anyone as a top rank, you know? Like, I mean, he's been, he's, he hasn't beaten no, anyone no, super no, no, impressive. But he, he's
1: fucked up people. Oh, yeah,
0: he has. Don't get me wrong. He's like, super amazing. You know, I'm not but, taken away from him. But I understand where, I, I, what I don't understand is him being like, I'll fight anybody anywhere in this, and then he finally gets the bell over beating the number 11 ranked player, player, uh, fighter, <laughs> and, and and then you're, you're saying I'm taking the next seven months off? Like, I don't know, man. That kind of bothers me a little bit. Where McGregor, obviously, McGregor, when he won 155, he said, but he announced, he goes, my my girl's pregnant, and I'm taking time off for that. And And it wasn't even a long time. But Yeah, because in August, he fought Mayweather. Yeah. But the difference is that McGregor had been the most active by far for a long time. No, McGregor swinging. So I came, felt like man, he, he, he gained, he gained Did enough. Did you see that McGregor documentary, by the way, on Netflix? Notorious dude? on Netflix? Yeah, it's awesome. Yes. I love it, man. Because it, 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 it showed him filming himself back before he had all the tattoos. Yeah. So it's like this, it shows him. He
1: was on welfare when he started filming oh, that yeah, shit. Like man, how, like- how much confidence do you have? To he's, like start the document. He's got that shit. power
0: of self belief, yeah. you know, which I really do I do respect that on a lot yeah. of levels. Um but yeah, so I totally get where McGregor's coming from. So that's why I think it will be I know you wanted it sooner than twenty nineteen, I would like it sooner than twenty nineteen, but realistically he's not gonna face Khabib until the end of twenty eighteen, hopefully. And then maybe another three or four months, maybe he'll go after yeah. Diaz then.
1: Khabib because, has to be the first fight,
0: though. Yeah, I think he wants Khabib. Khabib yeah. wants him, and they want to go at it. Right. And that's that's going to be a fight, man. That's going to be a hell of a fight. The thing is, though, if McGregor gets tied up in legal fees, I think the UFC would be smart to then let get, get, give Eddie Alvarez that shot at Khabib. Eddie Alvarez has been calling him out. I think Eddie Alvarez is a hell of a fighter. So wait, um, so if Eddie um, or, or Alvarez Or if F- 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 could Ferguson is healed in time, let them fight. Because there's a good chance that McGregor is not going to be legally cleared. Or whatever's going on with him, by the time Khabib wants to come out. So say Khabib is like, "I'll fight in October or November." There's a good chance McGregor's still because he's going be, to be tied up in lawsuits. His court date is in June. Then he's got to settle with three or four fighters who are suing him because they got but fucked up on that. He's just going to pay them. I know, but you he's just going to pay them. I know he's going to pay them, but there's going to be back and forth stuff. Uh, I'm just guessing. I'm, I'm, I, 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 I like I your optimism. So. I hope you. I like no. I just but. think
1: like like Mayweather is paid beyond belief. Like, more than any UFC fighter ever in the history of UFC. McGregor, you mean? McGregor, sorry, yeah. Because of the Mayweather fight, though. Yes. So, now...
0: So they, people think he's got about a hundred million in the bank because he's got Burger King endorsement, that whiskey's coming out and the fashion stuff, and he's done commercials for other things. And he's, yeah, you know, he's a big like. There's commercials in Ireland and the UK that we don't even see that he's all over. So he's got you know a lot of endorsement money, and plus you know he made six figures. He's not, gonna not figures, going to waste his time going to court back and forth. So he might just settle with like, those Yo, guys. Whatever, saying, what they need. five million each. Give five give it. million each, and then give let's, it let's, let's be done with it. I don't it, give a know? shit. Let me get back. But in the But then ring, Dana White's talking this shit, which he might not even be true, saying I'm going to suspend him after. He goes, I'm waiting for the legal stuff to happen, then I'm going to spend it, and we'll see how it goes. But, Dana
1: White's a businessman. He's not that fucking stupid.
0: You're correct. You're correct on that.
1: He's good. He, All right. You t-
0: wanted to ask me about having, being yes, married. Yes,
1: being married. And being a comedian. Yeah. I don't know how long have been in this podcast for. Been, We're
0: about an hour 22, which is not even... Uh,
1: trust me. I heard, I've heard your long... I did yeah. The Road, and I listened to the podcast while I was on the road, and I finished it.
0: Could you just say this, and I, I wanted to squash it, and Tesla and I made up the next day. Can you just tell the listeners that my version of what happened? All right. For you, everyone listening, be- Joe
1: Kill version of what happened is the correct version of what Thank happened. You. Thank it's you. It's not even like non-tap or anything like that. He had a great set. And even I came up to you afterwards, Mike. Dude, what I love about you is that you had a great set, but you still addressed that shit when you didn't need to do it. Yeah. Now, did it get awkward afterwards? Absolutely. Sure, yeah. But you were bad. killing undeniably up until that point.
0: Yeah, thank you. That was, up until uh, that point, point, you were
1: murdering the room, Yeah. and you just said, hey, I know most comics would say, oh, I'm having a good set, let me let this slide, but I'm not most comics. You... In the back row, you <laughs> almost caught her seat out. Seat 3C, yeah. back row, you haven't laughed at shit since I've been here. And I was just like, oh, fuck.
0: Yeah, yeah, I definitely do. Joe definitely does the shit I want to do. I do that, man. Oh, let me ask you this, actually, before we get into the being a happily married man, because this is actually funny, because we're going to go from this to being like, here's what I do to balance Personal life with my life as a comedian, but yeah. this is funny to me. So Sunday we did that show, the Mario Kart show. Yeah. And after the show, uh, there was uh, a comedian named Lucy.
1: Lucy. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. Her I last forget name.
0: her last name. And then this. Um, her friend. Her friend. I'm forgetting her name because I was so happy with myself because I remember her name right the whole time. Um, Noani, I think her name was. Okay. I think that's right. And You're doing better than me. You got to well. They they both came up to me afterwards and. And said you're you're funny, but that was just a footnote. They're like, hey, you're funny, but now I'm gonna sound like I'm bragging and being conceited and shit. But they, this is true. This is what happened. You were right there. You're a witness. Yeah. They both were like the Lucy was hilarious because she's like, look, I don't want you to be offended. I'm not into white guys, but you're fine as hell. Yeah, which I'm like, I wouldn't be offended by that because you said I was fine. <laughs> if you're like, I don't want to be offended, but I think you're ugly as fuck, then I'd be like, oh, well, I'm, that kind of hurts. A different story. You compliment me, so I'm totally cool. Yeah, they with came up to me like, is.
1: I don't want you to be offended, but that trench coat is terrible. <laughs> yeah, they, they, I remember, I
0: remember they did give you shit for trench coat. I'm like, that's coat. when you use it. You know what, that's what I'm saying? Exactly. You don't say no offense and then compliment someone. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. But both of them and Arani was even like, ah, oh, too bad you're married. Is your, your wife into threesomes? And I'm like, no, no. And it was funny. But they were both like, they both came out and was like. Hey, we would have sex with you if you were a single man right now, you know? Yeah. And I'm not saying this to brag, but then the next day I did a Best Night Ever show, which is at the G-Man Tavern in uh, uh, Wrigleyville in Chicago, which was a great show. So kudos to Mike O'Keefe and um, Sam Ash and everyone who, um, uh, Mike Cronin, I think he's part of the producers of that. They all do a great job. It was a fun show. Uh, He's a a, a gay man, but a black gay man came up to me also saying like, I would, if I could clone you, I would, and hopefully the clone would be gay. So I could some fun. Like, they were, like, he was very, like, yeah. and then tonight at House of Blues, two beautiful black women were like, we have your picture with you, and they were all, like, very complimentary. I, so can I ask you this? I'm going to make you represent your race right now. Why do black people love me so much? <laughs>
1: I'm going to say this. No, it's not black people. People, such an people thing, but... love you because I always say this. Every time you bring me up as a host, every time you host it, I say the same thing. I'm like, give up for Joe. One of the few fuckable redheads.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. Ever, so, uh, and that's hair. what it
1: is. It's like you're not a clowny redhead. You're a redhead that pulls it off.
0: Uh, and I'm a Robert Redford redhead.
1: Yeah, exactly. A, yeah. There's not. There's not. There's like there's five.
0: There's not too many leading men redheads. No. I remember having this conversation a conversation with a uh, even Lisa the Traeger. city. She was like, "Is there any redheads that are like stars of anything?" And. I'm mean, being like, yeah, I don't really know. It's uh, maybe Ryan's a good-looking redhead. He's a comedian That's in Chicago. Other, He's the other one. I do the same He's thing. The other one, he brings me redhead. up on stage. I'm like, yo. Me and him kind of had that north side, south side thing. Where we're both representing our, our Irish roots fairly well. Yeah. In that game, but uh, I had another thing though where I think maybe it was Xavier Lamont who was on the podcast with uh, Matteo Lane. That's episode two of Killgowns Pub. Go back and check that out. Uh, he mentioned, um, oh, was it him who mentioned it? I don't even know. Well, this goes to another story. I remember doing a show on the South Side at Jokes and Notes, which is a great club that no longer exists anymore, which sucks. And yeah. I, I really one of my bigger regrets is not going down there more because I think as a comedian you need to go in front of every crowd possible, especially a cool club like that that really is all yes. about the comedy. Uh, we did uh, Brian Babylon, who's a, who's a great comedian. Um, he was doing these things where it was like South Side North Side thing, where he's bringing down like these white North Side comics to the South Side doing an all black room for the first time. You know, which was a really cool thing he was doing. Yeah, myself and I mentioned Dan Kalskin. were the only two white dudes who killed, and these were like the who's who of white guy comics at the time. And they, yeah. and all I'm, I'm, I can name you big names, and they all ate shit. They yeah. bombed hard, and what happened was I didn't know it. I just I just did me. I just was up there and did my sets. I'm like I didn't change anything about what I did. I just did the same set I would do in any room. We talked about this. We talked about this, but but not on the podcast. But we me and you yeah. probably talked about this on, Is that I have. Is that black audiences respond well to almost like an alpha thing? A confidence. A confidence. A confidence. And they don't like they don't like uh, probably white people in general, maybe, for a lot of valid reasons. They probably don't (laughs) I'm not saying they don't like white people, but they probably don't like hearing this from white people. Where a lot They don't
1: want to hear white people struggle.
0: Yes. Okay, that's what I meant, but I didn't know how to say it without sounding like a like really
1: your life is bad? Are you fucking serious? That's what it is. Yeah. Your life is Trust me Yeah As bad My as you My friend got shot got two days
0: ago well, How hard is your life Yeah you know? exactly Oh your garden apartment sucks mm. Mm. Oh, I'm so sorry Your mm. garden apartment yeah. In Lincoln Park Is really that rough stuff? Yeah so you, yeah. they want you To lean into I like how many black people like Sound like valley girls Complaining about white people Oh <laughs> you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, so yeah, so uh, I remember. I think was it uh, maybe XL, and then I remember Danny Kelsey even saying at the time, "He goes, me and you, Joe, were the only comedians that didn't emasculate ourselves. All those comics were not up there doing the same act they did anywhere else. They didn't pander either, which was cool. But they're acting not play down there because they were doing jokes about like, oh, I can't get laid, or here's some self-deprecating shit about what a what a psycho I am, or what are my mental problems, or whatever yeah. loser shit I got going on. Right. And the crowds were just like, yeah, we don't fucking care. Like they we want people to come up here with some swagger and I've been told I have swagger, and I, I repel from that word a little bit because I don't want people – I think a lot of people associate swagger with this false set of confidence. I'm just me, man. I just do what I do up there. And if people want to call that swagger, call it swagger. But I don't want people we'll thinking – I don't give a shit. I don't. But I know how some people think. And yeah. I don't want them thinking it's some sort of intentional thing where Joe goes up there with a certain, yeah, I'm fucking Joe, kill fucking Galen, what's up? Like, yeah. I just That's just how I am. Ask anyone who's known me. I've always had that little bit. But but I also could laugh at myself with shit yeah. Like, you know what I mean I played sports in high school I was by, I was not a good athlete by high school standards spot up shooter I was a better athlete <laughs> than comedians Yeah, and I was okay but I would never pretend like I was some star and I would never pretend like I was like the toughest kid on the block I was a dude who would, who would fight anybody I, I would I would have anyone's back but I'm not gonna go around acting like that like I just was me I just it was how I was I think I have a silly side of, of, to my humor and I have a side of my humor that's kind of more like where the anger comes from because I do talk about I, I get angry up there but yeah. cuz I think overreactions hilarious I think when people lose their shit it cracks me the fuck up you know Oh but um anyway no I just wanted you, I just wa- I just wanted to brag about uh black people loving me Is what <laughs> I wanted to do. No, but I just I thought it right. funny cuz you were witness to it and I wanted to be like is there something no, I'm Joe, doing that Joe, I don't realize Every, every what's show going on I do with you
1: Every show I do I've done with you Not And um come on.
0: Is it every show? I don't know.
1: Uh 90% at least like, some minority, not necessarily, but some minority comes up to you is like, hey, what's going on? I really love your set. And they really spend a lot of time with you. And uh, I give you props for giving them time, despite whatever is not ever going to happen. Uh, but I'm just sitting there like, fuck,
0: like... I'm the guy you could fuck right now. You know what I'm
2: saying? <laughs> I don't know. I like I like you talking
0: can't. to women. I like um, I'll do some friendly flirting, but I never. Obviously, I always leave. I always, oh no you know, no hey, yeah thanks. yeah right, uh, right away uh, every time sure leave, jo- but- every
1: time James Allen Camp was like yeah let's go to another bar and drink. You always like I'm leaving.
0: No, yeah, because I got a whole, like, this is where we're talking about, alright, this is a perfect segue into like, how to be a comedian, and also have a, a, a successful relationship, you know Yeah, know what I mean? Um, I'm, I'm very happily married, our marriage is probably super strong right now, having a baby will do that, but sometimes people have babies, <laughs> like, and it then I like the stuff. way you say, probably.
1: Well, I, I, like, oh, I don't, <laughs> I don't mean, know what no, she's
0: it, thinking, Well, but to it's good on my I'm, end. I'm, not, I'm, I'm super happy, I hope she's happy, I think she is. Um, I don't want to speak for her, but yeah, no, no, we're both very happy right now, um, but we've had our ups and downs in the relationship, and in the lifestyle as comedian, everyone does as everyone does but the lifestyle of being a comedian but, you know, or an it's, entertainer it's, or anyone who works at night is going to have that you know
1: it's, it's it's nice like this like like what time is it uh for example it's one o five. it's one o a.m. One o six now One o a.m. it's it's a fucking Tuesday. Yeah. And you're doing a
0: podcast with me. See, well, this is where I'm going to go to with this stuff, man. It's a lot about communication organization. So we have a calendar that hangs in our kitchen. She writes down her entire work schedule as far as she has it. And I write down all my booked shows as far as I have it. Now, obviously, sometimes I'll have a last minute thing that I got to jump at. Yeah. And she gets that, you know. And I try to do it. But there are times where someone will ask me, hey, could you do this? And I look at the calendar going, oh, I can't, you know what? Let me get on the next one because I'll, I'll you know and and because that's some of the responsibility. Now obviously I want to go up every single night and if it's a book show I can't I will go up every single night. Right. But then sometimes I'll look at the calendar and be like, "All right, well she's working two days in a row and she's going to be really tired and you know what?" Let me get on the next week, but I might already have a show that next week. So then that's nice. So now I'm doing two sets in one night, which I love doing. Sometimes I'm doing three or four sets, which is also nice. So you could double up on that. And then when my wife comes home from work, tired and stuff, I could I could take I could put my son to sleep. I could clean up the house a little bit, prepare dinner for her, and then I could go to a late night open mic. You know, but I'm always I always make sure I try to get home and like I before I had a baby. I was out at the 4 am bars with everybody. And it's funny because when I moved back to Chicago, I had all those comedian friends of mine who would be like, hey, we're going over here. Let's go. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm going home. And I could tell there's still a little bit of heartbreak in their eyes where they're like, "Yeah, dude, but we used to always, that was what we did. Yeah," And I'm like, guys, I'm in a different world right now. And I know some people will think, well, fuck that. I never want to be a dad. I don't want to have kids because I have to change what I do. It's it's uh, look if you're happy with your life and you don't want to change, then that's totally fine. But this is I'm happier doing that. I would rather go home and get to bed at a certain hour and wake up and have energy to play with my son. Yeah, you know what I mean, play with and, some toys, and, throw and, the ball and this around. Is, and, and this
1: is and, and 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 I ask this question to you because I I you are only one only person, and I'm not trying to kiss your ass at all. But this is legit. You are probably one of the only people that broke my theory about having a kid in comedy. Which is my theory was you either are going to quit comedy, or you're going to be a shitty parent.
0: Yeah, you know what? Um, But keep going. I'm sorry.
1: No, but you didn't do either one. You had a kid,
0: and I don't. I don't on your Facebook live
1: feeds. I see you. Hey, granted, you're playing fucking Mario Kart.
0: I do that when he takes naps.
1: Yeah, and you <laughs> know what you got?
0: The reason I haven't done I was doing this I was doing this thing if, uh, if you listen to the podcast uh, like my Facebook page. Uh, it's uh, you know Facebook Com slash Joe Kilgallen comedy thing is the whole Like the link or whatever but I was doing a thing Every Monday for about three or f- maybe four Or five Mondays I did it called Mario Kart Monday where I would just film myself playing Because everyone was telling me oh dude it's a big thing right now People playing video games on online, like Twitch, yeah. and online Twitch and online and, and, and they're shit. getting like 10,000 views and everyone's And hundreds of thousand people are watching It's just, it's just someone playing a video games and commenting And I saw these people playing video games and commenting I'm like these people are boring compared to A comedian doing it So yeah we're way funnier then some of these dudes doing these live video game things. So I thought, all right, you know, I, I dust off the Nintendo 64. We'd recently, like, redid our basement. And I, uh, so I'm like, you know. You did, you did it for a kid? The basement? Well, yeah. yeah part, well, we bought a house when we moved back. It was a fixer-upper. I don't want people thinking, oh, how much money did this guy have? Going? My, my wife has a good job. But uh, so we fixed it up and everything like that. And then. I'll say it. I got that part in Chicago Med, and I'm SAG. I'm in the union, so it pays pretty well. A couple there lines on TV pays very well, actually. <laughs> so I took the money from that and totally finished my basement. We got it's <laughs> fucking awesome down there, man. I love it, man. And carpeted it and and you know the, um, hung the flat screen, you know, and and, and did it up right. It's a really sweet yeah. basement I got going on right now. And uh, so I stepped this Mario. I stepped Nintendo Sixty Four, and I was always a big fan of Mario Kart. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna film this. I'll I'll, do, I'll mess around with it because I'm always trying to like have some fun and be creative in different ways. And I went live with it and and people were liking it. I got really good response, but I was doing that while my son was napping, you know? So yeah. uh, and then my son got sick so his nap schedule got fucked up so I missed like the last couple Mondays. And I remember a few people going, "What the fuck? Where did what happened to Mario Monday, I'm going to get back to doing it." Yeah. But um anyway, we're talking about the balance of being um, a dad and and you were saying that a lot. No, of... let's go back. Let's go oh, back. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah.
1: Let, no, we got to go back. We got to go back to like the moment where you realized that you could do comedy and before the kid... Before the kid, okay. Before the kid, before marriage, you with your girl. All right, cool. We'll get to the father
0: stuff in a second then. Yeah, yeah.
1: we'll get to the father stuff in a second, but because it starts there because obviously I have no kid. I have a problem with maintaining relationships in comedy because I'm out all the time every night and you went through all that shit.
0: You went through... (sighs) Well, you know, my situation is a little bit different too. All right, so I'll give you the history... My wife and I started dating in high school. Yeah. Okay, so we were which dating before...
1: Even, before even you had the idea of doing comedy, which did, is more, more impressive.
0: Thought. Yes, because I was not... I was not. There are some comedians you meet where they're like, since I was 12 years old, I wanted to do this. No, I, it, it, I was always kind of funny. I was never a class clown. I think I was always kind of like maybe top five funny kids in both grade school and high school. Um, actually, grade school, I know because I f- they did like a... We like, you know, eighth grade superlatives. You know what I mean? Like funniest this, you know, best athlete, best this. Actually, yeah. one best athlete for my grade school, which tells you how bad my grade school is in sports. And for funniest, <laughs> I lost to my friend Chris Sorensen. I took second to him. And I think I talked about this on a podcast. My friend Vince Girage beat me um, in high school. Him and Sean O'Malley, his brother, Connor O'Malley, actually is a fucking hilarious dude. He writes for Seth Meyers. Um, I think those two both beat me for Class Clown in high school. I only know this because I had friends who worked for the yearbook and they tallied the votes. And they were like, hey, you actually were like third for funniest kid or some shit like that. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Maybe I was Maybe they were lying to me to be nice. Um, but I... So I always like... Like making people laugh, but I never thought stand up, you know? So when yeah. I got into it, she like encouraged it because I had, what happened was I was, it was in college. Or like when I was like from age of 18 to like 20, people kept telling me how much they loved telling, hearing me tell stories. Yeah. And I remember going to like one party and I started telling a story. and I remember, wow, I remember going, oh my God, this there was like 15 people all of a sudden, like listening to every word. And when I finished and everyone was laughing, this one girl was like, you tell the funniest stories. And then she's like, yeah, no, I was telling so-and-so the other day. And they were like, oh my God, like, I'm like, oh, cool. And I remember like, that's when I started to sink And I'm like, oh, I don't even, I just thought I'm just talking. I didn't, like, I didn't put anything to it. Yeah. And then I remember being at a party where this was like an oh five. I want to say the Chappelle DVDs were so big. And uh, remember the those? Show? Oh my God, the Chappelle Show. Every oh, com- man, yeah. I remember going yeah. to parties at DePaul because a lot of friends went to DePaul University. Yeah. And being at one of the apartments because, you know, there's not really dorms there. Oh, there are. There is actually now. But it was someone's apartment party we were at and they put on the Chappelle Show. And a couple people were like, dude, you should do stand up. And that was the first. That was like, I was like, oh. I you know what's funny about the comics? Head, is like,
1: it, like people don't understand. Most, most comics, their idea of doing stand up never comes from their inner. Thoughts No It's always from someone else Telling them Yeah You should do stand
0: up or it's someone I, who wanted to be a writer who then realized you know cuz there's 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 that old saying where it's there are two types of comedians the one who sat in the front of the bus on a class field trip the one that sat in the, the back, back of the bus. bus back of the bus is more like the loud the um, stand center up. of attention and then there's Just, the one who's like I'm a clever writer and i am yeah. jotting down my little thoughts and they're they're both great comedians you know i'm right. not i'm not knocking the people at the front of the bus but so because i went into that world like my wife went to the first the first four or five open mics I went to she went with my girlfriend at yeah. the time you know and then you know We did hit a struggle. We broke up. So we got engaged, then broke up, broke off the engagement. We lived together, moved out. This is the
1: real shit right now. This This is the real shit. Yes.
0: And I remember when we first, when we got back together, we were just dating. And I was like, oh, we're just dating now. We're just kind of figuring it out. And then we, you know, we're boyfriend, girlfriend again. And then then I reproposed. But this was all over... You know, a lot of people saw. A years. lot. I remember when I people were like, "Are you Nicole back together?" Oh, So you're engaged. I'm like, "No, we're just kind of taking things slow." You know, we're not engaged again. Yeah. And I remember some of the comedians, being in a comedian way, not a dick way, would say like, "Oh, how's your current girlfriend, ex fiance?"
2: Yeah, they would yeah, call, yeah, no, they that's, call her that's, just that's current
0: girlfriend slash ex fiance because it, it was a funny title. I don't even blame her for that. And um, but no, we definitely went through. And I'm not saying comedy was all of it, but there was definitely. There was a part of it where i got the more you get into stand-up the more you have to be out every night the more you ha- you yeah. get this tunnel vision where it was like all right i'm i could do this now this this wasn't like the first two years where you were you know rooting me out figuring on, out how to be where funny. you were like oh this is a cool Or figuring out
1: game. how to pull the mic out the fucking uh, mic stand yeah and where there's to put the mic stand so at. many
0: things you know you yeah. know how the average person will come up to you at your show going i can never do that i'm like you can never do that for the, for reasons right. you don't even realize. Yeah, yeah. So there are certain little things where it's just coming on stage with some confidence. Yeah. And, like, and not fucking that up. That, that goes way over people's head. So, yeah, there was some difficulty there. And and on her end, she even admits that maybe she took me for granted. And I took her for granted. Because we were together for so long. You know what I mean? So, that yeah. was a problem. And then when we got back together... And I remember... I've I've met people who... There's a couple comedians right now, I'm not going to name them, but they're going through breakup. Uh, they've recently broke up within the last few months, and okay. dudes well, we know, and they both have kind of reached out to me in a little bit of a way, going like, I just, I don't think I could be a comedian and have this. They're like, how did you do it? And I said to them, I go, first of all, don't write it off, because you're broken up right now, and I can tell they still like have strong feelings for these women that they were with. Right. I just admit that they're dudes. But, uh, it's uh, mostly uh, dudes. It's mostly dudes. It's mostly but dudes. I was so saying to them, I go, listen, either... Let's you're apart, honest. and you, if you don't get back together, then you weren't meant to be together. Yeah. And if you get back together, get this, you're going to come back together even stronger than you ever were before. Because you know I, what the yes. fuck is... And you know what you fucked up, and you know how much you miss each other, and you appreciate the stuff more than you ever did before. You know what I mean? I think she appreciates that my drive as a comedian is why I'm a good dad. Because I had that same drive to be a great dad. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when you brought up, and I, I know you have more other questions, but I want to go back to the dad thing real quick. Because you said when you know comedians who have... Become a dad. They're either going to leave the relationship, a, they're with, or they're going to be a shitty dad. Shitty I don't dad get those or, people,
1: or 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 not doing comedy,
0: or now they they comedy just yeah. to focus more on me. I don't get, and, and that's not everybody. Obviously, there's some parents out there that are amazing. You know, uh, it's different than when you're an up and comer because I'm still in the up and comer category. Definitely, no, no, no. I don't really have a whole lot of credits. I I, I headline a handful of uh, Midwest clubs only, but. You know, I I feel like I know, I'm friends with a lot of the big names in comedy and and people who don't know me. uh, You you know, I'm not trying to tout myself a little bit here, but I'm a known of the unknowns. I'm a known of the unknowns. Good point. Right? I'm not known nationally, but people in comedy know who I am. Exactly. That's And that I'm fine with that. Um, I'm not trying to you raise my profile one way or another or say, Woe is me. I'm just being honest where I am. Because I know other people who have kids. Like, you know, Bill Burr recently became a dad and my buddy Steve now Byrne Bill Burr has two kids. He became a dad after he was already successful. After and after, the same with Steve Burr already after he was successful. Exactly. And, and there's a lot of people who became dad's after they're already successful. Which become I become a dad that, on your that way That makes sense. Becoming a dad on your way is very tough. George Carlin became a dad on his way where he had, he, had, he had he was you know wasn't the George Carlin that was a household name, but was still Coming up a little bit, he had a wife that was cool enough where they were living out of their car, and she supported him. You know,
1: so you need to have you need to have
0: someone support you there. My wife had no problem when I said to her when we got engaged the second time. I go, I want to move to LA eventually. And you should be was cool, cool with, with that. that. You have to be cool with that. And not only was she cool with that, but she's actually been saying lately, you know, we could. I miss it. <laughs> it's no, funny no, because weather. going out there, I totally thought she was going to hate it in a sense that, you know, her home base, all well, of her family if you're not friends not were doing here. Comedy. Yeah, LA is a great place to you live. Know, it's, it's not like people are like. That's true. It is a great place to yeah, live. Yeah, but also going out there, I had I had a hundred friends already moving out there. Yeah. So even though I was going to a new city, I knew I had I had a, like a base. You know, there was a comedy scene for me to get involved with. There wasn't. She's a nurse. It's not like oh, you got to go to LA. Great nursing scene. You yeah. know what I mean? It does, doesn't exist <laughs> <No>. like that.
1: <laughs> a nurse is a fucking nurse, right? Yeah.
0: So even though we've had our ups and downs and our struggles, and there's been some stuff, she's just I, I, I've I, you have to be honest. You have to be fucking honest. I told her because there were times where she's like, you're you had a nine o'clock show and it's two a.m. and you're still out. Why aren't you home yet? Where I just had to be like, listen, you can't go on stage kill it have a great set have all these people come up to me and then just go home and go to sleep doesn't work that way i would go home level of yeah because i haven't told her there were nights where i would come home right after a show maybe because stuff died down and i would stay up for four hours because i'm like i can't you can't mentally go to sleep after you do that's that that's a
1: huge shift yeah that's so, that's one of the reasons why I, took- I
0: suggest this to any comedians out there who are worried about relationships with with people who aren't comedians because when you're that's why like comedians date each other because they're in the same world and they understand like yes. all right, i get it i get it
1: comedians bartenders Bar- yes all that shit. you're in
0: that late night world you're out all hours and and, and they're yeah. not bitching about your friday i remember talking to a friend of mine and she was telling me yeah i've started dating this regular guy and a few dates were good but he was like hey what are you in front and i'm like oh i got a show and she's like and he's like, okay, what about Saturday? I got a show. And he's yeah. like, so, so every weekend? He's like, yeah, this is what I do. Okay? I'm not calling you up on a Tuesday night going, what the fuck are you up to? Yeah. So this is you. If you accept this, I could, you could come to the show. We can hang out after. If you don't want to come to the show, that's fine. I don't even want you there, to be honest. Because why would I want you at every fucking show? I'm doing the same material. You know? You know, that's, that's always funny with comedians. These are regular people. I remember when I first started in stand-up, I had a few friends who were coming out all the time, and they're like, eh, same stuff. I'm like, yeah, asshole. Yeah, that's the way it works. If you see the same band on their, in their American tour, you're going to hear a lot of the same songs. <laughs> and also, it's, that's where musicians are lucky, because you want to hear the songs The you same know. songs, yeah. With comedians, you're like, anything yeah, new? I heard that's that That's what's brilliant
1: about Dice Clay. Yeah, yeah. Because he had that hickory dickory dock shit, you know what I'm saying? And that shit,
0: that shit worked for him. It was so, essentially a call and response thing. Yeah. Where the audience w- went there because they wanted to say along with him. That's where that was Genius by Andrew Dice Clark. And
1: that's why uh, The Day That Laughter Died is his best album.
0: I can't remember a lot of that one, but I'm going to take your word for I'm gonna
1: it. You, I'm going to tell you why. Because he doesn't do none of that shit. He doesn't do any, any of those nursery rhyme shits. He literally goes in there with a mission to walk the room. <laughs> it is a two-hour album.
0: I, I like that, though.
1: It's a two-hour album.
0: I like, I like with each album, you try to like go for a different angle. Or try to like, I'm not saying you want to purposely piss the audience off, but if your goal is to say, let's see how far I could push them, and they're still cool with it, I kind of dig that.
1: And that's what that album that's is. That's
0: why Nirvana is one of my favorite bands, because they tested their audience with each album. Obviously, their first album, they were complete unknowns. Their yeah. second album, they were a major, never mind, Smells Like Teen Spirit, comes. As You Are, Lithium, those were, those were yeah. songs. It smells Like Teen Spirit was going to in rap stations. it was that big a song. Yes. It was. Yeah, you know, it's nuts. And and then their next album they're like, you know what? We're going to change stuff cuz I want to challenge my audience. There's one song called Radio Friendly Unit Shifter, which is a play on the fact that like radio always wants, oh, you got to have a 3-minute song, something quick and catchy and you know. So they call it Radio, radio Friendly Unit Shifter. The song is any But Thing But Radio Friendly. It's what not. Was
1: it like a fucking 10-minute song?
0: Yeah, it's like 6 or 7. It's like 6 minutes or so, yeah, maybe something I think. Like but that, it yeah. starts off with this god awful guitar screeching where it's like Arr! And, and the, he did it on purpose. Try to get him off base because he knew the CD world. That was like the the beginning of CDs where you could skip tracks. It used to be with records and vinyls. You can't skip. I mean, you could put the needle in a different place, but nobody did that because you'd fuck up the record if you could.
1: Can I tell you something?
0: Yeah, well, let me just say this, though. So he purposely started this bad intro that's, like, about 10 to 15 seconds long because he knew when people heard it, they would skip it, and he wanted to see how open-minded people were. Because the thing is, if you listen to that first scratch, right when that dies down for 15 seconds, it's a great song. It's a yeah. fucking killer tune. Anyway, go ahead, though, my man. So,
1: so look, uh, everyone that knows me listens to this shit. As I'm I'm really trying to kill this whiskey tonight. Holy shit.
0: Yeah, you drink way more than me. I'm still on my first glass, basically. Oh, uh,
1: well, I haven't been drinking the whole night, so let's, let's let that be...
0: Uh, it's not a competition. No, of course not. <laughs> but anyone who so, knows
1: you, huge Prince fan.
0: Yeah, man. It's Prince, you can't argue Prince's
1: stats. Yeah, his best album to me. Everyone says Purple Rain. No, Love, Sexy. You know why? That's that album is one track, forty-five minutes long. No matter what you stream it on, what you you buy the CD, you buy. Well, of course, cassettes, whatever. Yeah. Whatever it is, is, 45 minutes long, one track. Because you got to take it in at a hole. Where are we at right now? No,
0: we're at 149. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to stop. To, oh, no, I good. just wanted to check it because it's dark out, so I, I can't read the monitor on the sound thing.
1: Yeah, we're outside in the back of my backyard. So. Yeah,
0: man, I like this, though. It's a perfect, it's still beautiful right Dude, now. Oh, my God. This is my really favorite great. weather week. We can wear long sleeve shirt at night. You can wear short sleeves during the day. Long I'm wearing sleeve, shorts that, right
1: now. As a you black wear shorts, man, but you also is... have
0: long sleeves on top. You got a little do. Long got cardigan a, going. I
1: got to add North Face, so I'm balancing out.
0: North Face, man, very <laughs> nice. It's funny you mentioned North Face though, because that's that's a jacket. We talk about people hating on stuff for hate, for the sake of hating, and it's especially in the comedian world. I remember people shitting on North Face jackets, and then because you know the, it's not that they're shitting the jacket. Maybe they're shitting the type of person who wears a jacket, which is so fucking lame. It's stupid. It's so stupid. So first
1: off, if you're gonna stay warm. I'm gonna trust a, a great, white
0: dude a great, to let me yeah, know. Man. Hey, man, that's our thing. <laughs> that's, yeah. Whenever I see black people in winter jackets, I go, "You're cultural appropriating right yeah, now." Yeah, exactly. Because okay? that is our world. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, so, but like with the North Face, I remember doing Coles, uh, which is a great. I like the. I love the owner that Coleman Bryce. Is a great dude, and it's a good. It's a great mic. Um, it's a
1: great mic. But it's a,
0: it's a very hipster loud, very, very white the, hipster. That's crowd. the
1: reason why I love that mic.
0: Me too. And, you yo, yeah. you,
1: you, you know, I know your material. You heard my material. Uh, Is not really the clapter shit.
0: No, it, nah, so it's, it's not, I
1: go to Coles for that reason.
0: Yeah, it's a challenge. You know, it, I like it, the, the challenge. Uh, the man. challenge.
1: I, I I want to fucking see if this shit works with this people.
0: I'm good. I remember doing a set there once, and I I I had been killing there for so many weeks in a row. Where I remember they had like even a competition thing where they had like a, a Saturday night show where it was all the people who did the best at the open mic. And I was like, in the crowd, Dude, how long had like ago was that? it was it's like in 2011, 2012, so, maybe. The crowd uh, had the, the crowd Esp- had Esposito was out. hosting. Yeah, back when Esposito and Burke yeah. were hosting, and they had like fill out slips, and I was voted like you're almost you, like, oh, he's been killing it the most at this mic lately. So yeah, it was cool. And then I remember bombing, and I had just got this North Face jacket for Christmas, and it was a great jacket. It was warm as fuck, loved yeah. it. And I remember wearing it. And bombing, and I remember saying my last thing on the microphone. I goes "If I was wearing a different jacket, you ought to love me, okay?" <laughs> you see this North Face, and for some reason, it's a sign of oppression to you, fucking losers. And I just ripped on them, and then that joke killed. And then it ended up all right because for some reason, sometimes it's weird. Sometimes I'll shit on an audience, and then they start loving it. And I'm like, I don't get this, but what can you do? No. Um, anyway, I don't know if you wanted to. We'll, we'll we'll finish it on this. My last few things I'll mention about trying to maintain a successful relationship and of course there was ups and downs and there was you know there th- it's it's a different we've we've i have a totally different roller coaster that we've been on together than most people with comedians so if you're a comedian right now ed and you're about to date you're going on a couple of dates with a woman who's not in this world i think you just need to establish early on hey I, this is what my lifestyle is and i would love to make this work with you but i think you just need to understand where i'm coming from with this and if it's a problem, it's a problem. You know what I mean. And you might find people who are like, "Oh, I'm on, I'm all in. I'm on board. Let's do this." And I think you can find that balance. I have found this balance where, first of all, my son is the most important thing to me. Like, Absolutely. I don't get people who become parents and aren't like a, a immediately like every. I've changed my tune in a lot of ways where. I find myself uh, in, when I watch movies, <laughs> when I watch like a Disney movie where like there's something with the parent and like a kid, I get like fucking teary eyed. There's a movie called Sing. I don't know if you heard Sing. I would of Sing. love to see
1: Joe Kilgallen crying.
0: Dude, I cried at Sing, man. Sing. There's a scene in Sing. Sing's on Netflix right now, everybody.
1: The, the, the These... thought of you just weeping.
0: This Dude, I don't know. Man. incredible alpha person, male man.
1: weeping at the movie Sing
0: is hilarious. Well, there's a scene where there's a father son gorillas because it's all different animals like the one guy's a koala there's pigs there's gorillas there's giraffes there's everything that's like this whole world where everyone's an animal but they all get along great which is totally a utopia but they don't all get along great because the one bear tried to eat the mouse because the mouse didn't pay his debt so that definitely shows you i'm a bear i'm gonna eat you you're a mouse yeah. give me your money or you're dead so there's definitely that and that but uh the gorilla they're they're like mobsters they're in a gang and they're they're thieves. And the young son gorilla was like supposed to be the lookout, but he's also a great singer, and 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 was going late to rehearsals, and he ends up, his dad got pinched because he fucked up because he tried to, he dropped his dad off to go rob, and he was thirty seven minutes be here because that's how long it's gonna take us to rob the plant or whatever, and he's like thirty seven minutes, I got enough time, so he hauls ass back to rehearsal to do his, you know, rehearsal for the the show, (laughs) and gets stuck in traffic on the way back. And doesn't get there in time. His dad gets arrested and his dad's like, where were you and all this? And he tried to be like, well, it's you get. don't lie to me. And he tells him, well, I had rehearsals, rehearsals. It's like, I want to be a singer, dad. I'm sorry. I don't want to be in your gang. And he just owned up to it. Hey, I want, I want a different path in my life. I want to be a singer. And the kid's an amazing singer. Right. And his dad disowned him totally disowned him so he's in jail and then the big singing thing ends up being televised and he's in his cell for some reason they have tvs in their cell i get it, it's a movie they need to make it work but everyone else in the cell <laughs> was watching and loving it and his son's singing and they're all into it and he goes hey turn that shit down i'm trying to just say shit it's a kid's movie he goes turn it down and he goes "Oi," he's a kid. for some reason their girl is all british accents i don't know why but he goes "Oi, i told you to tone that down you know i do a terrible uh cockney accent but yeah uh, he as he stands up to look toward the tv he recognizes his son he's like oh my God, it's Johnny, Johnny, that's my son. And then he has this moment where he's like, I just disowned him. Oh my God. He then breaks out of jail, rips the bars out because he's a fucking strong girl, rips it out and then goes to find his son. He knows <laughs> where the theater is and sneaks in there. And then he throws a rocket at something because he sneaks backstage. His son turns around and his son sees his dad. His dad puts his arms out and then they run in and they embrace each other. And then he pulls his son away and looks at him and goes, I am so proud of you. And then they hug again and dude, Fucking, I, I, I lost it a little bit, man. Like, it's, it, dude, it changes you, man. I'm gonna it say, fucking I'm changes gonna say this. you. I'm gonna say
1: this right now, based off of your reaction alone, I know, I know your father wasn't a prominent. Uh, Person
0: in your life wasn't prominent. Yeah, no, my dad was super prominent. Oh shit, that's You're probably why. <laughs> <laughs> here's the difference. Though. I'll say this. No, my dad. I, hey, my dad. And I, 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 I get along great. that shit a whole way. Yeah, here's how. Here's how good because that shit.
1: That shit would have got to me. My dad
0: would fly out to L.A. by himself. And stay me, and not stay with me. Who get his own hotel because he want intrude? Joe, no, you dude, are I, an
1: anomaly, man. It's the
0: opposite with me, man. Like uh, um,
1: you appreciate. I how- my
0: dad is the best. Here's the thing, though. We didn't. We weren't o- overly affectionate. I think the last time my dad hugged me, I was six. You know what I mean? Like we don't. We're not that type of family. Yeah. We're not like my dad is the most. like not emotional at all in that regard. Like. I don't, I don't, I think I think the last time he said, I love you, I was six. Like that, like, that's <laughs> like the, I think it was like kindergarten. Like he walked me to school. Like, hey, yeah. day, I love you. Like that was the last a time Yeah, double a it. kickball
1: game. It was like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, no, my dad,
0: my dad was there all the way. You know, my, my parents divorced. We live with my dad. My dad's like the best dude. Like he always put divorce. us. Divorce. There it is. Divorce. There it is. There, there it is. is. There it is. So, all right. Put, put us ahead of him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I look back on certain stuff in life and I remember we were very middle class before my dad remarried. Like right. went to a public Chicago public grade school, lived in a, a first floor apartment, you know, just me and my dad and my sister would take us on these vacations where we drove, would stay to days in. Our vacations were to see baseball games. We would drive to Cincinnati to see the Cubs play the Reds. Then, then we went up to Cleveland to see the, the Indians play the Twins. And then one year we went to see the Reds play the Cubs, and we went down to see the Braves play the Cubs. Those were two summers in a row where we went on baseball you know, trips where it was budgeted out. You know, I mean, yeah. like this was a single father, like so. So, but he like would always put ourselves ahead of him. So I think that's where I got that from. And maybe because we weren't super emotional, now I'm thinking I'm more emotional. But my son's a baby. He's a fucking baby. Where's diapers? He's one. He walks. He's he like not gonna remember
1: shit. But right like,
0: now. yeah. So I don't know. Maybe when he gets a little older, I'll. I'll I won't be as affectionate as I am now because right now I'm super affectionate, dude. I nah, I, I, dude, I pick him up. I, I tell him I go hundred thousand kisses every day. I go and I kiss him like ridiculously. But uh, I don't think that's
1: gonna die down. I think you're, you're self aware enough to know that, like.
0: But I don't. But I, I mean, I'm self aware. You're planting enough, yeah. seeds in right now. But I also don't want. I don't want it to be like, Oh, I'm more affectionate with my son because my dad wasn't affectionate with me. Cause I don't, I don't look at that as a negative with the, it was just, that's just how we're just, it was just different people in that sense. You know what I mean? Right. Cause I still think he's the best dad ever. Absolutely. So you know what I mean? But that's where I think I'm super overprotective in that sense. I've been called a helicopter dad around family because it's when good. my fun, when my minute. son first Explain started crawling, what,
1: what the fuck is a helicopter? Helicopter dad?
0: means you're kind of hovering over. You know what I oh, mean? What the okay. All right. See, I remember I Thanksgiving. I Thanksgiving, my son was crawling. And he's like six months at the time. Seven, man, I don't know. Seven months at Thanksgiving, anything, and. He'd been crawling for—I can't remember how old he was. It's—we've it's, been drinking. It's late, but Absolutely. I remember being like watching him, and they're like, "Relax, these babies are gonna bang their heads and stuff." And I go, "Yeah, but look—if I'm watching him crawl underneath a table, I'm gonna put my hand there so when he lifts his head up, he doesn't bang it on the table. No, why wouldn't I? If I'm makes, there and I'm aware, what the f- are you fucking kidding me? That makes complete I, I got, sense, right? That is, that's logical like, sense. To I go, me. "How is that helicopter?" They're like, oh, you're on your first kid, wait, you're on your third kid." I'm like, "Oh, oh that's somebody—the third kid. You're just cool with him shit. Yeah, you just called them banging. Yeah, I mean, let, I'm not. Let them. I'm gonna protect them where I can." not Obviously I'm going to let him if he's trying when he started to learn how to walk I let him fall of course I yeah. let him fall cuz that's how you learn how to walk but again, if he's, if he's like, if I'm out, to, if we take him out to a restaurant. He's in his high chair and he reaches for the knife. I'm gonna pull the knife away. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm not gonna go. <laughs> like, oh, well, you know, n- you know baby's gotta learn to stab themselves. That's how. How else are they gonna learn not to fucking stab themselves? Like that shit is what it's killing me. But I, I don't get the major
1: jugglers. Like, oh, he'll figure that out. Like, oh, that that's gonna kill me. Yeah,
0: I think because I had such a great dad is why I'm now so focused on balancing because I won't be me without trying to be the best comedian I could be. So if I'm not trying to be the best comedian I could be, I won't be the best dad I could be because I feel like they tie in together because I want my son to be able to respect me and respect what I do. So since I've come, part of the reason, moving back was a solely apparent move. It also helped with comedy though too because I look back and I go, moving back to Chicago is not only best for my family, which is most important to me right now, it absolutely is, yeah. but it's also best for my career because the, the style of comedy I do, I need to go on stage a lot because I ad lib, I improv, I rip on, I riff Riff and, is the word I'm looking for, and, and I always want to turn out new material. And in L.A. it's hard to do that because it's not as... L.A. is great for opportunity because you could act, you could write if you wanted to pursue those things. I wasn't pursuing acting or writing per se there because that's just not where which my headspace was. Which I was stunned
1: why you went to L.A. and not New York.
0: I, I went to L.A. for the weather and I made up my mind about L.A. way before I went to New York. The funny thing is I went to New York about less than a year before I moved to L.A., and I remember going to New York for the first time. I, I, I got into this comedy, that Laughing Devil Comedy Festival, and it was my first time there. I was there for about seven or eight days, and I remember loving New York, going, oh my God, this is like... Yeah. that. that would, New York would have been the right move for me. I still live with no regrets, you know what I mean? Because my son was born in L.A. I got my dog in L.A. I got in SAG in L.A. I was a producer on a TV show. I, like, I did a lot of stuff I was very proud of. Yeah. It wasn't exactly what I wanted to do. I didn't accomplish everything I set out to accomplish, but I still live with no regrets. New York would have been a way better fit I'd be lying to myself to say F- otherwise.
1: No, I know that it would be a
0: way better fit because my style is more of a New York style. I'll say Joe, that,
1: Joe. Like, like I, I watched you, like when you before you moved. I was uh, like you know, you you, just, you know people, like when you start comedy, you know the people that matter. You know the the heavy hitters. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you were one of them. And I'm like, Joe, straight shooter. He's a comic. He's a comic at heart. Yeah. You kind of figure out people who is a comic and who people who wraps around whatever they're doing around comedy. Mm -hmm. So some people are an actor who start in Chicago and then they wrap comedy around that shit and then they move to L.A. I was like, Joe's a comic. Why the fuck did he move out to L.A.? Granted, you being a...
0: I also wanted to get into writing, but I didn't know. I was ignorant to a lot of things because the beautiful thing about Chicago is it's all about how original you are and how creative you could be. Yes. You have to be a beast on stage. You can't be a carbon copy of other people like you can in L.A. Yeah, And L.A. is not great for creativity in the sense of being a comedian because there's so many people who are just trying to be what the industry wants them to be because they think, oh, so-and-so made it by being this way, so I'm going to be that way too. Yeah. And that's not good. That's not the way you want to be. And even I bought into that. I wasted a good stretch of my time in L.A. You know, I was there for three and a half years. I probably wasted a whole year trying to be someone I was I mentioned Court earlier as, like, a mentor. He pulled me aside because we did a show together. Or I had, like, an all right set. But you know me. I don't like all right. I don't like having a mediocre set. that's
1: the way you become a great comic. Yes. Is all right is not good.
0: All right is not good enough. So I...
1: Murdering. You got to... Set the bar up a little higher.
0: Set the bar so high that you don't even think you could get cl- uh, yeah, a it. And then when you it. do, it feels better. And then guess what? Set the bar even higher next time. Yeah, exactly. So I was doing what I thought the industry was looking for in the sense that I was watching these Conan sets. I was watching these late night sets going, oh, they all open with a joke about like, I'm like this or I'm like that. And it's like something about their, either what they look like or... But now I'm now I have a joke about how I don't fall into that category because I can't go up there going up half this half that because I'm not I'm one thing I'm, I'm i my background is all Irish white Irish I'm American you know and I can't go up there and complain I can't be like I'm ugly because I'm not that'd be a lie I can't go up there and pretend like this or that so I had to come up with different like you know everyone has those those little introductory jokes that kind of like give you a little bit of a snippet of their personality and then they do their sets that's how the late night sets typically go yeah so I was trying to work I was trying to do those type of jokes And they were doing fine, but fine isn't good enough. So my buddy Mick pulled me aside. and he's like, listen, man, if you're going to be mediocre, be mediocre being you. Don't be mediocre trying to be someone you're not. And I'm like, motherfucker, you were right. And he gave me examples of other comedians where it's like, they were them and then people came along to them because you're right, be undeniable. If you're undeniable, they'll come around to you. And sometimes it takes longer. And some of the best comedians in the world who are the biggest names right now weren't superstars when they were 32, 31, 30, like I was when I was in LA, you know?
1: Can I tell you something real quick? Yeah. Uh... We mentioned Danny Callis several times in this podcast. I
0: mention him all the time because he's one of my best friends, and I think he's an amazing comedian. But no, yeah, he's I a great know. comic. Uh, if he's listening, and I hope he fucking knows that. Because no, no, uh, no, I love,
1: I love Danny. I love Danny. And with this being said, Danny was the first dude that let me know I was going in the right direction. He like I I did I don't know where I did the set at, but. After the stage, and um, and this is like when for the listeners, when Joe tells Ed gives a fuck about comedy, it 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 bases off of shit like this. Danny came up to me and he said some shit like uh Hey, I see what you're doing, and granted you might not think and this is once again, this is that four-year mark. This yeah. is four years ago. Granted, you might not think it's working right now. However, it's going to work. Stick to it, and people will fucking come around. Yeah, man. Because uh, you remind me a lot of Mike. Uh, God damn it. The Jew nigga. <laughs>
0: The Jew, I'm not gonna say it. what is that. I'm not repeating. What did you? The Jew no, nigga. Jew
1: nigga. Mike uh, Liebowitz. No, no, not Mike Liebowitz. No, I'm probably fucking the, uh, the word up uh, or the name up. Sorry,
0: a comedian, a Chicago comedian, or
1: based out of Chicago. Uh, based out of Chicago, wrote for SNL. Drew Michael. Drew
0: Michael. He said you reminded him of Drew Michael. Yes. Yeah. You know what though? I will. I will add to that. Drew was a dude who I um, respect greatly. Uh, I, I don't know if it's mutual. Maybe it's mutual. I don't know. I, th- I feel like as comedians, we've always respected each other. Uh I Our think so. friendship is at ups and downs. No, because uh,
1: everyone's I don't know personal who, opinions I, I, get mixed I, I, in, I t- in that shit.
0: I'm such a fan of his, com- of his comedy. Of his comedy, I though. Am, I am. Right. And no, as a person, I, 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 I think he's he's good at heart. You know what I mean? But yeah. like me and him butted heads working together. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, he's a dude, though, that definitely knew what he wanted to say or, or his voice or whatever you want to call it and stuck to it regardless of audience per, uh, interpretation. Right. And some comedians are afraid and I, prob- I probably went through that a little bit too where that you're afraid to bomb, you're afraid right to... Now. That's like, a problem with people- the entertainment industry in general. I see that there's a reason rock and roll is dead right now because people don't have the balls to say anything. Exactly. Because they're too afraid of fucking... You know what I mean? I, I, I want to see someone go up there and rattle some cages. You know? But, but no, you definitely do it. that, man.
1: But but like, sorry, no, no you're good, man. But anyways, um, yeah, when it comes to like white comics, that that that's another problem. But let's let's. Back yeah,
0: because they're afraid of fucking blogs. They're afraid of Twitter. They're, they're afraid of, this, they're afraid of, of, that. of everything stupid. they're like, doing. I said some stuff on some on a couple of these podcasts where I remember thinking, all right, people, uh, there are certain people who are not going to fucking like this, but I'm not wrong. And and and, man, and I'm coming from a good fucking place, so I don't understand why we're not more open to hear and, this and shit, right?
1: Man. It's a fucking and you it's talk disturbing about liberals you know? being open minded shit? Dude, and man, that I have been
0: fucking hating a lot of liberals these days because I feel like they're misrepresenting am, the word and they're misrepresenting what they should be and and they're no different than the side that they hate in a lot of ways. I mean, obviously they're more inclusive, so that's good. But, That's
1: good, but but, but at what, the more exclusive to yeah. what the fuck they represent.
0: Yeah, like like we're talking about like the cultural appropriation thoughts, shit, and some other fucking. And nonsense. let me say this shit. All right, well, dude, we've been doing the podcast for a little bit here. I want to wrap. I want to I want to finish one point, and then I I want to tell people where they can follow you. Um, I wanted to add this, and this is important. With the having a relationship thing. You mentioned earlier, hey, it's, it's, you know, we're fucking now on a Wednesday morning. It's almost 2 a.m., and yes, you and I are yeah. out here yeah. um, throwing back beers, and yet I'm a, I'm a, I've got a, a wife, baby, and a dog at home. It's very <laughs> important, like I said, the communication part, understanding each other's lifestyles. I was just straight up, you need to have also, you need to also have nights where you, you step back. And you go away. I've been trying to push my wife more into being like, hey, let me know when you want to go out to dinner with your friends or go out for a night on the town. I, I'll even cancel a show. I ever reschedule, you know, because I want you to still have that side of you. You can't yeah. lose sense of your own individual personality. So, like, I make sure that like the night. Nice, the difference with me is that I'll still work the road. I don't go as, I don't go on the road nearly as much because I don't want to miss stuff with my son. You know, he's he's at the fun age where he's learning new stuff. Dude, get this, dude. I took him for a walk today, yeah. and I taught him the word cubs. You know, he's, he's only a little over one, so he could say Cubs. And we're, we're, I'm pushing him in the stroller, and all of a sudden he pointed and said Cubs. And I followed his finger. We walked past the house. that had a Cubs flag waving. And he recognized the Cubs, like point Cubs, and I was like, "Oh my God, you fucking you little That's genius!" Beautiful. But I was also more like, "You recognize the Cubs?" And then, and then also he started pointing. He it's like, he started pointing. He, said, he tried to say plane, he didn't really say it right, but I'm looking up, I'm like, "Oh yeah, airplane, cool." Like, oh, you good? You got good eyesight, nice. Yeah. And then we were walking, and then another airplane went by. He's like, "Oh yeah," and he's pointing. I'm like, "Cool." Like I don't want to miss that shit. So I yeah. tried to go on the road like once a month, you know. Like I, in April, I went to St. Louis for like almost a week. In, in March, I did that Best of the Midwest thing where I went to Grand Rapids, and you know, so like when I but when I go away, I try to live it the fuck up because you need those little vacations so you yeah. need to have if you're in a relationship not take take away having a kid if you're in any kind of serious relationship you don't have to be married if you're just dating someone you kind of need to make it clear to both sides where it's like hey i need a weekend to just get to do what i do With and then you. you need a weekend to do what you do but then uh, when i talk fuck to, off time fuck off time exactly but then guess what when i had that fuck off time i want to tell you about how much fun i had Unless it's too crazy, and then it's like, all right, you don't need to hear this shit. You know, what I mean? we're fucking comedians hanging out. It's, it gets a little, it gets a little insane, right? Dude, there's like, there's, but, there's, but like, I think that's important. So that was like the last thing I wanted to say to kind of button the whole making a relationship work. It's communication. It's scheduling. You could, yep. you could have all of this shit, and it, it, it takes. It's not even that much work. It's not even that much work to be like, listen, a couple days from now. I'm doing, I remember been telling her today, she's like, wait, why are you doing the podcast so late? I'm like, well, you know, you were working, and then I had this, and then that, and then she's like, all right, yeah, that's fine. I was just curious. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, we're, we're settled. Fine. Yeah. She gets it. You know what I mean? And, 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 but the difference is, though, she's off work tomorrow. So when he wakes up at 7 a.m., I'm going to have some help. So, like, I didn't podcast yeah. yesterday. Like, I could have maybe hit you up Monday night and said, hey, you want a podcast? My wife worked all day today, 12 hour shift. I'm with the kid all day. I'm like, I'm not going to be out till 1 a.m., 2 a.m. when he's got to wake up. When he wakes right. up, it's 7.30, right? Or 7 a.m. Because then what am I, I'm three, four hours sleeping. I have to deal with a, a baby and a dog and, you know, with them running around. That's too much. Yeah. So you just have to, it's not even like, here's, I, I don't want people thinking that sounds dog? like a lot
1: of work. It's not even a lot of work. Why'd you get a dog on top of a kid? I got
0: the dog before the kid, and I. That dog. You really hope that dog died? No, fuck <laughs> off, dude. I love it when the, 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 I get even emotional. Think, that dog has made me. Some people think of me like. Uh, it's more in the comedian world because I grew up around dudes where we're just people lose their shit and that was just natural. I remember having a thing where I got all fucked up and was just saying loud shit and all this stuff. And the only comedians who had my back, or not had my back, but like. Because a lot of comedians did. I mean, I, I think as a comedian, you have to have each other's back, regardless of the situation. Even if I didn't yeah. think Michelle Wolf was funny at all, I'm having her back because it's fucking absolutely
1: truth. To absolutely, you,
0: you did your thing, comedians and I got your back, right? Comedians. So I, I actually don't. Whenever I sense disloyalty to oh, a comedian, shit. I fucking God damn hate it. those We got to hold another podcast.
1: We can do it, all right. Bro. Well,
0: I'm gonna have you on a part two where we we talk about disloyalty and how much much we despise it, but. Sean Flannery and CJ Sullivan Both fucking Mick comedians Like myself were are both great Flannery's a guy Who's made it work He's got three kids Yeah And he's been on Comedy Central twice In the last calendar year Yeah And he's made it He's another By guy way, To talk uh, about By the way If anyone's listening
1: stuff. Fucking uh, I hope people are listening I Don't know if anyone's
0: listening I don't.
1: Yeah sorry You, I, you said if this That sounds it a lie. very I shitty know, <laughs> I know I <laughs> know But no uh, uh, this is not happening. Sean Flannery's story is one of the best.
0: I saw live. one of the best. It's one of the there. best. His first, he's done it twice. Legit. But his first one I not. was there live. He got. Me, I am not too horns. A, no, yeah, man,
1: that shit was fucking
0: crazy good, dude. He's he's a I love that dude. But him to just uh, to get to the point, him and Sullivan. After I had this fucking meltdown of a uh, being drunk and being fucking addicted to a bunch of people, they both were like. Dude, this is the comedy where these comedians are so non-confrontational. I told my I go, yeah, man, if I did this for my neighborhood boys, the dudes I love to death, the most loyal guys in the world, if I pulled that shit in front of them, one of them would have been like, all right, who's going to knock him out? We'll wake him up tomorrow and tell him, hey, we had to do this. You are being an asshole. Like, that was my thing. I remember fucking hearing about this where it's like dude you said this you said that i'm like how did not one of you just tell me to shut the fuck up and just jack me in the jaw real quick not in a way where you're trying to hurt me but, but like in a way where it's like all right that's let's put him to sleep us we'll put him up in the corner when he wakes up we'll be like here's what happened joe and then i'll be like oh <laughs> shit i'm sorry i clearly deserve that thank you and they're they like that's joe you
1: know. in all honestly that's what makes us who we are
0: because we're chicago me and you that, no, we say real shit. When we say real shit. It's not even being about being Chicago. It's The comedians who say real shit versus the comedians who, who don't, are, are worried. Who wor- who's worried. Yeah, are worried about yeah, the don't backlash? Don't there's about nothing to worry shit. about. There's nothing to worry about. Fuck it. Look at look like, By the way, we talked about stuff in comedy and how like there's industry shit that we think. Oh, you got to get this. You got to get that. Michelle Wolf. I I was so curious about this. On. When it first came out, the whole, because it was Saturday night, I think the correspondence thing, that's Sunday morning, or maybe late Saturday night, I checked, she had like 180,000 Twitter followers. Three days later, we're out right now, she's at like 450,000. She's gained almost 200, 250, 300,000 Twitter followers from this whole thing. That's more than, I've, I've had friends of mine, we've had friends, people, me and you both know, do have yeah. done Conan, I checked, because I'm curious about this type of shit. Because in the long run, it matters to f- how to build the famix. because we all want to get to that point where we just tweet. I remember Hannibal was in L.A. You know, Hannibal and I have known each other for a long time, so I remember texting him going, "Hey, I see you're in L.A. and what are you up to?" Because I'm doing a show here, and I remember seeing on his Twitter feed, he t- he tweeted at like like Monday morning he tweeted, "Hey L.A., I'm in town. I'm doing a show at this venue. Here's the address. Here's where you get tickets. It's tonight at 11 o'clock. It's a 300 seat venue. Sold it out. Even did standing room only in one yeah. day. He announced in a city that he doesn't live in and is not from." I'm doing a show tonight. Sold out that quickly. Yeah, like maybe I think my tickets are like twenty bucks a pop. It might even be a little bit, maybe twenty five dollars a pop. Three hundred people. Night of, you know, he's getting the whole door, and they're yeah. fucking getting the bar, and the bar's happy because it's a Monday goddamn night. It's and a they Monday got a, really night. Packed up with people drinking. So he probably made like I don't. I can't even do the quick math on that. But you know, he made a fucking pretty penny for his last minute show. And I go, that's where every comedian wants to be. You want to get to the point where you could just be like, Hey, I'm here tonight. I'm here's here tonight. The link sold Come out. Through. Right. Come through. So. To get to that though, you know what I mean, you gotta you gotta be bold. And also I've I've gotten to the point where not to the point, but I've I've I'm curious to see what has the most impact. And I know the podcast world has a big impact. And I'm not doing two podcasts because I do comedians talking baseball. If you're a baseball fan, check that shit out too. Comedians talking baseball's on iTunes.
1: Dude, plug shit. Gotta plug
0: that shit. It's also my website, <laughs> JoeKillgam.com slash podcast. Both my podcasts are right there. Just go to my website. Um I love podcasts. I like the intimacy of it. I like, I've always liked radio. You talk about people who knew they were wanting to be comedians when they were in high school. I wanted to be on sports radio. That was the thing I wanted to do in yeah. high school, right? So I've always liked the medium of this and the fact that it, it's a connection where if someone likes my comedy, they will check out my podcast. They like the podcast. Maybe they spread the word and then more people know about it. And then I could say, hey, I'm going to be in fucking uh, Milwaukee this weekend. And I do a little tweet and people who listen to the podcast from Milwaukee come out to it. That's great. So I'm always curious to what has the most impact doing a conan set is great for it's a validation thing as a comedian and don't get me wrong it's something it's still something i want to do i'm not going to be like i don't want to do it i definitely do no but but it's not the impact that people think i've watched my friends who've done conan i check their twitter followers beforehand i check them afterwards like not immediately i give it about a week or so yeah another 50 maybe 100 that's it. 200 tops you think there'd be way more
2: Think on way a national more. It's TV not, label. It's not
0: that it's such that's such a small impact. I did a Lawrence Holmes show on six seventy Score, which is the number one sports station in Chicago. I did that radio show. Got, I remember leaving, and going, "Hey, thanks for having me. Great, oh, dude. Like, come on back another time. We'd love to have you on last time. If promote something, you know, great conversation. My buddy Herb Lawrence, the best dude in the world. He he helped that facilitate that. I had like I had as many new Twitter followers as someone who did Conan. And I was doing local radio in Chicago And get this Those followers are local to Chicago I've had a couple of them come see me at a show But more than a couple actually It's consistency People
1: that listen to that show Listen to it every fucking week
0: Yes But also the buzz from what Michelle Wolf did, being fearless like that. And again, there are people out there going, I did not like what you said because you made fun of who I like. That's fine. You're entitled to that. I'm not saying you have to like what people who don't agree with you like, but you fucking should respect it because she went in Respect there because the really there used to be a time where the press was the enemy and both sides were like yeah fuck the press because they don't do a good enough job and the press and the media in this country just she went suck. into
1: the belly of the she,
0: beast She, it was all the press
1: belly of the fucking beast
0: she made fun of Sarah Huckabee Sanders for being part of the press and being a bad servant to the public and that's where it was great and yeah. Ed Towns fucking dude this has been so much fun thank you for letting me use your, your backyard for this podcast tonight. absolutely
1: we had the ambient noise going yeah, on yeah man you
0: got a little air in the back and I like it. Where can people follow you? Uh, what's on the horizon for you?
1: Uh, so uh, Ed Towns on um, almost everything. Ed got jokes on Facebook. Not not on Facebook. Twitter. Twitter. Thank you. Ed's got
0: jokes. I'll I'll, Ed, I'll tag him in the tweet when I tweet the podcast tomorrow. Ed, Ed got jokes on Twitter.
1: Uh, we're starting. Which we're, we're going to have you on the show every Friday night. We're going to do a show at the Drop Lounge we're called The Drop.
0: Arthur and, um, and Kevin, those are good dudes. Yep.
1: Yep. And um, we do an open mic there, but fuck it's the a, open it's mic. It's a
0: fun open mic. I like it. I don't understand it's people fun. who don't like it. I've always done well there, and people are always like, it's so hard. I'm like, just go up there and have fucking. Have, That's I want, it. I want to have you got to enjoy yourself. You enjoy yourself. If you're having fucking together, it. it's it, good. It, you got to be
1: honest with it. So you got to be honest with your comedy there. For the Open Mike. And if you go to the Open Mike, you have a good chance to get booked on a show. Yes. Especially if you fucking. Because it pays
0: to show up, it pays to work hard. Fuck yeah. yeah, man. It goes with anything you do in life, my friends. Whatever you want to do, fucking. uh, As long as you love it, as long as you love it. I am not going to tell tell you if you have a shitty job to work hard at that because you are just doing it for a paycheck. So fucking, yeah. But if you care about the job, take that two-hour lunch. If if you you care, shit (laughs) shit four times a day. You know what I mean? Get those breaks in.
1: Yeah. If you care about making subway sandwiches, make the best subway sandwiches you can do. If
0: You want to be great? You got to be. You got to put the work in. Be undeniable. Uh, what else you got? So you got that coming out. You got uh, gonna be so anyway. If you follow Ed's got jokes on Twitter, um, I'll I'll tag you on all these things. Follow him off of that. Ed Towns is uh, one of my favorite comedians since I've been back. Thank um, you. Sir. No, seriously, man. Because I, I, you're a fucking worker, dude. You were running pod. You were you were going up to Edison Park, and, and I say up to Edison Park. I say that because for the average Chicago comedian, they act like Edison Park is Iowa. Uh, no
1: it is, is Chicago's it? No. a
0: big city it's the last neighborhood before the city ends but it's still in the city and it's funny because I'm like no, comics in New York and in and, and, um, LA don't have that maybe in New York no. a little bit but like I'm sure there's a comic in New York that's like I could go all the way out to deep into Queens I'm sure they'll bitch but, the reason and why LA everything you so drive
1: out. past so many other shits
0: happening yeah well it's, that's the thing that's uh, well, well, part of the thing that makes Chicago great yeah is that every neighborhood has got its own little character that's it uh Edison park uh, i've got f- my faults with that neighborhood but it's a neighborhood that's got a cool little strip yep. of restaurants and bars you know what i mean you know uh, and and it's also family friendly it's got a little bit of a balance yeah. where other neighborhoods don't quite have that other neighborhoods are just trendy and you're dealing with people who aren't authentic and then you got neighbors where like fuck dude this is the real thing yeah you know what i mean like
1: yeah Also we did finish That bottle of whiskey Yeah
0: it's gone Well man. I did You did You, you, you <laughs> fucking tackled it hard man I got half a sip I only refilled my glass
1: twice You refilled yours seven times Oh man oh, That shit was fucking delicious Alright
0: man Ed, Thank you so much for being On the podcast Thank you Everyone this has been Kilgowns Pub Review us on iTunes Give us that five star rating it Goes a long way There's been a couple Negative Bye. reviews Which I think there's Some enemies out there <laughs> Real people help me out, my friends. Um, and follow me on Twitter at Joe Kilgown. I'm Joe Kilgaon and everything. You guys have been great. Thank you so much.